All right. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another Serious Angler podcast powered by our friends over at X2 Power. And as always, I'm your host, Bailey Eichbrett, and joined with me is the captain, Mr. Andy Full. And uh, we are a Bart Full episode tonight for the Mississippi River. We are deaconless tonight. He's actually going to join us in here in a second. He is filming a business from the Bass Boat show that is running a little bit late, but he will be here shortly. And uh, we might have some new viewers in here tonight, boys, because we are going live on the Twitter page, which if anybody is a Twitter folk and enjoys just uh, lighthearted, funny fishing humor, you should follow Sirius Dangler on Twitter. And we're going to go live from there from now on, because it's one more place that we can uh, spread the fun. Boys, what's going on tonight? Oh, just Bart getting ripped on for the laundry room office. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Landry. Landry room. I do have an announcement. I am moving in the next month or two, so the laundry room will be gone. You're moving upstairs. Look at you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He's got a new room, boys. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. Had to. I apologize. (laughs) Are you moving out of state? No, I'm just I'm moving to the other side of the cities. Hmm. Ah, okay. On your, like on your own, or are you gonna have a roommate or anything? Still? No, I'll be living with a buddy. The my brother who I live with, he got married about a year ago, so it's about time. <laughs> Give him a little bit of their, their privacy yeah. time. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Well, dude, uh, folks that are tuning in tonight, we have a couple things to go over. Obviously, we're gonna quickly recap Hawaii. So we're gonna go through the points and everything. Uh, how people did, people sucked, people did good. Um, you know, congratulations to Austin Felix. We're going to get into that here in a second. Um, one thing, I don't think we've ever shown the folks. And I don't know, Bart, I don't know if I ever showed you the trophy. Did I show you the trophy for fantasy fishing? No, I haven't seen it. And I might be able to win it. We got to get a little lucky we, here. You might have a shot. You, you might have a shot. So Late season surge, just like the Northern boys. I come in right. <laughs> this is a big shout out to our boy, Mr. John King over there at Drunkwood. If you guys ever want like custom, like badass wood, like wood carving, like painted everything. It looks sick. You guys will see in a second. He's your guy to go to. And uh, we can obviously drop a link in the comments if you guys want to get anything from him. I've ordered multiple things from him, but he made our trophy for fantasy fishing. All we had to do is beat him in one event for fantasy fishing and he made us a trophy. So um, without further ado, I will show you guys. This is the trophy. How dope is that? It's a big old crankbait. The big old crankbait that says Fantasy Champ. So whomever wins this year will be getting shipped this, and I get the lovely pleasure of paying for that shipping. <laughs> and at the rate I'm going, that might be part of my punishment. <laughs> Oh, boy. But we got a, a few things uh, to get out of the way tonight because, one, it's, it's beneficial for you guys to hear them. Uh, and first things first, and we'll, drop, again, drop links down in the comments. Uh, but for folks that have been tuning in, you guys know that we have a discount code to Omnia Fishing. Well, until now, until September 5th, that code is now 20% off site-wide. So Sirius 20 will get you 20% off your entire order. Obviously, there's a couple brands in there that uh, do not allow discounts on their stuff, so it doesn't apply to that. But the brands that do, it'll be 20% off those site-wide, your whole order. So make sure you guys uh, make use of that. Again, we'll put it down below. And tonight, 
we're going to be giving away the new Hobie Eyewear Echoes. It's a, it's a new shade that Hobie just dropped. And uh, we're, they're nice enough to send us over a pair. And one lucky winner tonight will be winning a pair of those of your, of your choosing. That's going to be pretty sweet. So make sure you guys are getting in on the, uh, the comments and engaging tonight. Uh, it's going to be a heck of a fun one. Um, we're going to have prizes again on the fishing gift card, Queen Tackle gift card, those Hobie Eyewear Echoes, and then uh, a, some swag from Hummerbird and Minkota. So a lot going on tonight. A lot of a lot of different things, especially because it's the last Bassmaster Elite event of the year. It's the last one. I feel like we just started this. I feel like we literally just started doing this year's shows. Well, the issue is, you know, I addressed it last episode, but the Elite Series likes to schedule back-to-back and then six-week <laughs> breaks. So yeah. it's brutal. Like, <laughs> it makes our job hard because, like, we get on a roll and then we're on a then we're on winter like Christmas vacation for two months and then we're back to it. It's, it's crazy. So. Yeah. And I, I think <sighs> it, it's been fun and it's been kind of crazy. I love keeping up with it. I mean, it's, uh, and I would love to hear from you guys too. If you guys end up playing the major league fishing one as well. Uh, if you do uh hella bass in the chat right here actually does great reviews. Like if you play that fantasy fishing game, he does some really good videos on it if you're trying to get some insight onto the picks for events. Um, he does just great fantasy fishing stuff over there as well. Um, and I want to do a quick shout-out because, well, I mean, after this event, too, the winner of the $250 Omnia gift card for the winner in our fantasy fishing group, that will be awarded. But quick shout-out to the 2,400 people that joined our fantasy fishing group this year. That was pretty sweet. Uh, it's pretty cool to see our name up there and seeing fans that come like, hey, well, I'm in your fantasy fishing group, and they reach out over socials. So I just wanted to quickly touch on that because that's just – I personally think that's pretty cool. So, boys, I was really hoping Deacon would be in here by now so we could kind of give him a slow clap for being late. But uh, I think without further ado, let's start talking about Oahe a little bit. And, Bart, I'm kind of curious what you saw versus what you thought it was going to be and kind of your <laughs> takeaway. So, yeah. Well, Let I'm, the booze begin all, in the chat. <laughs> yeah, first of all, I have to address the Carolina the rig thing. I uh, I did not think the low water and boats on top of the fish were going to scare them that much. Um, those fish don't see a lot of pressure. From what I heard, they're not really boat shy. And uh, that is the exact opposite of what happened. They got very boat shy and... Uh, kind of chatting with austin about it he, he and he even said on live like they realized there were boats there and they wouldn't eat up and i think even chris johnston said on live like he could see so many of them and uh they wouldn't eat up the weights were also a lot lower than i expected um i think a lot lower than a lot of the elites expected too um they just didn't eat very well and i I know Johnston even said, he's like, you're looking at the mega bag and they just won't eat. So I, I don't know. It, it was pretty cool though. Seeing Austin get it done. I was pretty confident about that pick. He had a really good pre-practice last year. Um, was a little concerned after day one, but after seeing the 23 pounds after it was like, okay, yep, he's around them. I accidentally muted myself. I also want to point out the fact that, uh, you also said the Johnstons would not play in this event. Yeah, I remember well, that. Yeah, well, hey, <laughs> one of them did. Cor- How did Corey do? 
I have. He didn't have the cut, right? I'm not sure. I'll have to go pull up the. Chris, the Chris was right up there, obviously, but we thought Chris was going to win in the last day because he was. Yeah, I don't like think years. Corey did that great. I think he was like yeah. in the 40s, but yeah, not bad. Either way, better than a lot of the guys. There's some guys that bombed this tournament that I was very shocked that bombed this tournament. Uh, like BP, for example. I mean, a 66 is not a major, major bomb, but it's still a bomb, and especially a bomb in BP's book, especially for the season he's been having. I was very shocked to see him not do well in this event. Could you imagine if you caught one more fish on day one, he probably would have made the cut? Probably, yeah. yeah. I think he had, a- what, 12 pounds for four fish? Yeah, and there was a giant cut right in front of him by somebody who cut him off, but we won't really go that far. <laughs> that was one thing, actually, about the event, too. And uh, that was like a ledge talking to a few elites. They had said that they thought it was going to fish pretty small, and boy, did it. There were guys lined up just on top of mega schools. I mean, they're gigantic schools of bass. Um, but really seeing who could catch them was – kind of the interesting thing i thought mm-hmm. yeah it literally i mean i think felix said it too i was reading the bass blaster newsletter from today and he's like it fished like a ledge turn where everywhere you went every spot you got would have one to five guys on it and that was that was kind of i didn't think that was going to be the case i mean granted I, my knowledge there is minimal but that was kind of interesting to see a smallmouth there pan out the way it did I mean, I feel like there's some stuff at, like, to St. Lawrence where you might see two or three guys relatively close together, like maybe on a shallow flat, but, like, nothing like that. That was – Well, I don't like – I think, like, with fresh fisheries, too, like, that don't see tournaments, they don't get pushed around much. So they're just on the most obvious structure. Like, they just go to the best place. Um, so they haven't gotten pushed around much. And I, I think that was a big – big thing you know they just got pushed around so much one thing i thought was interesting too how big was the big bass i don't think it was over six i want to say it was like Which, 510 or 511 honestly was five that was 11. really surprising for me because there's like there's a lot of really big ones in there right now and i think it just showed like they didn't they didn't eat and I don't know if it was pressure or weather or what. But. I think Matt Aries, I don't know if you saw the video, that yeah, fish the one was close lost. to six. Yeah. That was a big fish. Yeah, but. it just didn't seem like they ate that well, which, mm-hmm. I mean, it was still a great event. It, it, I, it was a grinder of a smallmouth event, which is weird because normally that's not really a thing. Um, so it was cool to see, you know, the top ten was so weird on the last day you saw the smally guys who can figure out how to grind them out and then you saw some other guys and it was it was very interesting i thought it was a really interesting event and just really interesting in the fact that they were catching them at the end on bottom baits when like those fish literally chase mountain lake herring that's like all they do so the fact that they got that much pressure that they were like i'm just gonna eat the crayfish that are rummaging around down here for the next few days is wild that was kind of nuts. You saw guys kind of slowly transition more and more to that Carolina rig uh, day after day. Like, I think I think everyone was Demiki rigging to some like or drop shotting to some extent on day yeah. one, and then you saw the Carolina rig slowly get exposed. I mean, I think Felix said it was Livesey. Yeah, Meme Bass Pack commented on it in here that Livesey kind of exposed that for him because they were fishing the same spot. Livesey pulled out the old ball and chain and started going to town. He's like, huh. I have that rigged up. 
I think he also said it in the Bass Blasters newsletter too. But super interesting. I mean, I think this event kind of kind of opened your eyes to who could who's is getting better at finesse like Tyler Rivette in the top ten. Mm-hmm. I think he he definitely played the sea rig. And also watch. Do you guys see the fish he caught while he's sitting down? Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> he's like, this is so slow. <laughs> yeah. Well, they were they were off. And if you you guys have fished mollies when they're off, like, my God, can they? They're such sight feeders that it's like, oh my God, they can be picky. And it is yeah. unreal. And we're not used to seeing that in elite events. I'm used to it with events in Minnesota at times, but like, man, you really saw it at Oahe. Yeah, we're going through that right now on Erie. Like, if you have forward facing, you can see like ten or twelve of them on a rock pile, and you can get one of them to bite, and then they all just disappear or they stay, and they won't even follow your bait down. They're like, "I know what happened. I am not yeah. biting." <laughs> I know so you, you are. <laughs> you have to run like forty rock piles to catch twenty bass. Those Oahe fish must be really smart because they figured it out quickly. <laughs> they were like, oh, "I ain't a part of this. Yeah. <laughs> I am." getting out of here that was kind of wild how fast they got they got smart like i didn't expect yeah i also wonder like they're throwing them back and calling fish i wonder how much like that changes things too because because up here on erie like that's the issue i think when we release the fish back in when we're out just fun fishing it just shuts them down like they know what's up but usually if you throw them in the well you can catch a couple more like you can on ledges I always think, too, um, I don't know if you guys have the same experience, but it's always a thing for me, even with largemouth, especially on Minnetonka. um, Like, if you lose one compared to if you catch one and then put it back, the school disintegrates 10 times faster. Oh, 100%. So it's like, I don't know if guys were losing them, too, and then, like, they're all in giant community holes, so the school just gets shut down immediately, and then it's screwed for everyone. Like, I don't. I don't know exactly what it was, but it was it was very, very interesting. I think um, at that rate, too, when you have four different lines on a school, I feel like that also kind of breaks it up a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm sure it does. Look who it is straggling in here. Mr. Adam Beacon, what's going on, dude? What's going on, guys? Sorry. Recording the show, and it ran a little bit over, but uh, we are here ready to roll now. Welcome. You know what that means, though? It just means it was a good show. It is a great show, guys. Um, yeah, next week, check out Business from the Bass Boat. Got uh, Eric Luzak coming on, breaking down his actual entire media kit. So it was cool to just uh, see a complete breakdown. So good one to watch on YouTube because you get to see what he does when approaching sponsors. Heck, yeah. Well, Deacon, we kind of just went through a whole synopsis of Oahe, but do you have any takeaways before we start going into uh, our picks from Oahe and how we did? Yeah, man. Um Gosh, it seemed like it was kind of what I expected from an Oahe standpoint of some inconsistency for most guys, right? Like you'd see a really big bag and then a drop-off. Um, seemed like a lot of guys were out offshore um, chasing fish down on scope. And overall, it was, it was fun to watch. A lot of stuff going on. And I, I enjoyed watching the event for what I did get to see. Um, but I'm sure you guys had some great insights on it. I think the last takeaway I had, unless anybody else has any more, was everyone was either throwing a Carolina rig or Demiki, like we just talked about. One thing I think we left out was Taku was throwing a Nico. Yeah. Yeah. Ned, I saw some Ned, some drop shots. 
Oh, you seen that? I didn't see that. You know what I'm really surprised didn't play for the fact that they went down eating off the bottom? I can't believe no one threw a tube. Just dragging a tube. Like, queen. It's literally the most catching bait in the world. And like yeah. no one even pulled one out. It was wild. You know, uh, it's like a forgotten art at this point yeah. for smallmouth fishing. It just fishing. catches so many. And like there's so many great small, like great lakes guys that throw, you know, howies and all those good tubes. Like, the fact that nobody pulled out a tube just, I don't know. It was wild. <laughs> I think Deacon was about to say the same thing. We got insider info from Jeff, KJ Queen's dad. Like, since Pickwick, KJ has been smoking them on a tube every tournament on the new live sonar tungsten jig head. Like, he hasn't been getting top tens, but he's been doing good this season so far. And it's been a lot of it has been on a tube with that jig head. Which apparently is just you can see it, it man. Yeah. yeah. And and another Which, thing another thing that I was going to say, I was watching the weigh-in, uh, I think it was day three, so before the cut, and G-Man, Gerald Swindle, had cut all of his fish on um, on a big jig. Because he was like, dude, I'm seeing fish out here. There's not bait around. Like, I'm throwing out a big crawfish, and he's cracking them with 20 pounds. Like, I mean, he's dropping on them. <laughs> with a big jig and just stroking them. That's how he caught every single one of his fish. I yeah. love it when smallmouth eat big jigs. It's oh, the dumbest you, thing because you just hit them and you reel. <laughs> You're like, I don't care who you are, four-pound smallmouth. This isn't six-pound, baby. You're coming yeah. to the boat. Yeah. They get this ain't no fairy wand, son. <laughs> they hit it so hard, too. It's so awesome because, like, it's just slack. Yeah, That's all it is, just great slack. So you just reel down and just give her the beans. Oh, it's so much fun. Yeah, that was the biggest thing, like, especially with them getting pressured. Like, a tube just falls so much different than literally anything else. Like, I can't believe that nobody was like, yeah, I should chuck a tube out there and just watch it kind of twirl down there and see how they react. I, I don't know. Maybe some guys did throw it off camera and they just wouldn't eat it, but. I haven't seen – I don't know if I've ever seen a smallmouth that eats off the bottom that will not eat it too. So that, that was one thing that kind of blew my mind. Well, this uh, – It's this a lost start. Yeah. Well, we haven't actually – we have an episode planned in the works being kind of like brainstorm with the Queens. We're talking, one, about tubes, and then three, with uh, talking about the live sonar jig head, and that's kind of being a trend right now and people going after live so- – or forefacing sonar – with baits but that's a whole different discussion that's a whole rabbit hole we could probably go on for the next hour but let's quick run through how we uh our scores for oahi and then give an update on the tally and uh start getting into the mississippi river Bart, wipe that smile off your face <laughs> hey hold up hold up one one quick thing saw in the comments here morgan fitzgerald how about red wine clanking them on the top water he did talk about that one of the days, smoking them. I don't know if you guys had already talked about that, but smoking them in the wind on a big spook. Um, because those fish were just sitting, some of them on forward-facing sonar were just, you know, five feet below the surface. So that was a good catch. That's something that, that was sneaky and, and folks weren't doing uh, on that windy day. Can we shoot him a prize pack? Because I like that already. We're going to start it off early. Yeah, yeah choose you one him? of your four. Let's go to Omnia. All right, Morgan, you have won yourself $25 to Omnia Fishing, which, by the way, I will reiterate for folks, our uh, 10% off code uh, has now been bumped to 20% until September 5th, site-wide. So when you go and you order from Omnia Fishing, use code SERIES20, 
that'll get you 20% off your entire order site wide. So go use that $25 gift card and use the code. You can probably get yourself about 35 bucks worth. Save yourself yeah. some cash. So Morgan, reach out to us, dude, over email or social, and we'll, we'll send you that code and get you hooked up. Uh, so we have three more packs here. We have a, another guest joining us here, actually almost just in time. Uh, we have three more packs. We got the new Hobie Eyewear Echoes up for grabs. Humbird Minkota merch, as well as a Queen Tackle gift card. So you can get yourself some of those four-facing sonar jigs. I will but, say about the new Hobie shades, they're like a new age pit viper. They're they're pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah, I, I want some bad. I I messaged Joan over there. I'm like, dude, I need these. <laughs> yeah, like if I can get those in prescription, sign me up. <laughs> My wife would be an interesting me, prescription. But... <laughs> <laughs> Just straight across. <laughs> would be interesting. All right. Well, without further ado, let's bring in our new guest to say hello. Mr. Ron Dog, Mr. Ronnie Moore. What's up, guys? Two fantasy shows in a row. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Well, it is backed by popular demand, I guess. I got like five DMs. I didn't know that. I didn't know that you guys, I thought the only people who watched this show, you know, were just you guys who are actually on the show. But no, we have more viewers. (laughs) More viewers who who were like, we got to have them out right now. Like, (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I'm subscribing with gas. I get the the notifications with the Bassmaster YouTube channel because I've subscribed. So that's where I always watch it, so it never says I'm watching. It always says Bassmaster's watching because I'm, I'm behind the scenes, just sneaking around. Uh, we always enjoy seeing that Bassmaster like logo pop up in the comment section. We enjoy it. But uh, Ronnie, what, before we go through the score, so we know we we took uh, Deacon's takeaways and everything. We took all of ours. We discussed it for almost this whole episode so far. What was your takeaways from Oahu? Anything that big stood out to you? Uh, I'm actually watching. Hold on just a second. Let me just show you. There's this is how bad it is. I watched 28 hours of live every minute of it for the entire event. And then I have the FS2 replay right now of the same shows I've already done this week on the TV that are playing at dinner time. So and I didn't even turn it to that. Sarah turned it to that when I got home. So uh, she's addicted too, I guess. But no, Um, man, Oahe, dude, first I want to address not I don't we're never going to make everyone happy. But there were so many people saying it was such a boring tournament and it's just guys staring at their graphs. And, and I just – that is what – what else did we do at the St. Lawrence before forward facing sonar? We would see guys staring at their graphs. Like it was just sonar though. It was just slower. It was just less methodical Like or it was more methodical. They, they couldn't just know it was a fish and catch the fish. And so I don't know what the deal is and it's – I don't know. These – I almost – I almost want to take away forward-facing sonar just so the complaints go away, but I know they'll find something else to complain about. But anyways, um, <laughs> besides that, I think uh, Oahe performed better than it did in 2018. We saw some flashes of brilliance. I know it was obviously probably maybe a week or two before fish started really feeding up, and and I listened to the tail end before joining in here uh, talking about the pressure that they got, and all of a sudden it was just Friday. It was Thursday and Friday was drop shot Ned Rig. Saturday and Sunday was Carolina rig. It's crazy how quickly that that script turned. Um, and also, we did a tackle tip on Austin Felix and how he won using a three quarter ounce drop shot weight, uh, which was huge for him. And he explained that when you see a fish on forward facing sonar, uh, they were moving and swimming so much that it wasn't as easy as normal to be able to catch the fish you see. So having a heavier weight, which normally you guys know it as northerners, you try to get away with, uh, you know, you start out lightweight and you try to get as, as heavy as you can with getting away with it. So 
he went three quarters of an ounce. I didn't see anybody else using that heavy of a weight to target those fish you could see on forward facing because they're swimming so much. But um, I also think uh, to address the tube thing, I think that no one was using a tube because it twirls like Adam was saying down there because it took so long to get down to fish. It was either blowing on day one and two, so it was hard to keep your position, or you were basically doing a St. Lawrence River drift over those spots, so you had to get your bait to the bottom or to that depth as quickly as possible. And maybe only on the calm day, which happened to be the toughest day on day three, uh, could they have gotten away with the slower fall presentation. So that that was my only thing that I probably noticed that maybe why they weren't using that. Um, I was surprised we didn't see any spy bait stuff, but those fish, you know, with, with how pelagic and how – uh, close to the surface some of them were getting especially chasing but um i know some anglers what was very interesting is staying away from the bait or getting around the bait we saw a lot of anglers this week say that i didn't have much bait in my area so whenever i saw a fish i could catch it and some guys were like i wanted to be around bait because there was the 100 fish schools that when i catch one you know there would be a bunch with it and i could drop back and catch more but we started seeing a lot less followers to the boat each day you know, I think Taku on the final day when he had the biggest bag, he was one of the only people that were like, there's multiple with this one. Let me call real quick and try to catch one. So a couple takeaways there, but I loved it. I mean, the fact we pulled off a live show with having eight to eight or seven to seven to nine cameras live every day with Patrick Walters being the one exception uh, in the middle of South Dakota was incredible. And um, I really enjoy tougher events. I know this, the schedule is always heavyweights and with the competition with MLF and the pro circuit, we got to get the biggest weight tournaments to keep it captivating. But I think the Winyas of the world, the Sabines, which are far worse than Oahe is weight wise. I think the, you know, the Hartwells, the ones that aren't going to break 80 pounds hardly are still so fun because it is volatile. We saw one of the best smallmouth anglers not catching this week in Brandon Polinick. So I think uh, I think it provided a lot of drama, and I I honestly love the place because I could tell how much the three thousand person community of Mobridge, South Dakota, loved having us there. So I, I can appreciate that, especially for places that are used to having big tournaments. They're not, and people drove from four hours away to come see it. So it was very cool. Oh yeah, hmm. that's awesome. awesome. That's cool to have that perspective. Thank you. And I picked the winner. Let's go. Since January, <laughs> I picked him for the win. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> You and Bart are uh, rejoicing now. Yes, they moved me up and drained the lake. It moved me up, drained the lake big time with my performance this week. So that that was just, we're going to get into that. That was a Felix event. He just knew it going into it. It's right in his wheelhouse. And I never, and I didn't even know he was the closest to lead angler. I saw some of the social media pages that do stats and analytics, and they were like, "He's the closest." And I was like, "It's not as it's not close enough to be home." So I didn't no. even consider that being close no. for yeah, but. So he got a lot more attention than he probably would have if some of those people weren't like, oh, he's close by because it's totally different, like Bart was saying. But yeah. um, I'll shut up and let you transition now since you've tried three <laughs> times to transition <laughs> to the next part. Bailey, I just want to hear who won the event and what the point standings are. Of course you want to. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to announce the winner here, but we're not going to do it with Bart. Uh, we're going to keep him back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay. It's even I'm better that way. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, so we'll do the rundown because I think people are here to hear about the Mississippi River, and we're going to get into that real quick here, guys. But uh, I will start off to get the worst out of the way. Uh, I had a great first day. I was in, like, 1230, <laughs> like 1230, and I ended with 975. Dude, low-key. So completely flopped. Bailey, it cracks me up because every event, 
that first day, you're like hyping it. You're texting us everything. I'm like, dude, it's a four day event. This doesn't matter at all. Like, <laughs> yep. come on. Here we I'm go. I'm going to come to Bailey's defense here, though. In fantasy fishing, he is beating us technically in standings. Is Reverse our golf score. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like blowing every, all of us away. What's your like, point total? Uh, I think he's in like the top 200. I'm like 9,800. Oh, I thought you were higher than that. Oh, I'm ninety. I'm ninety-seven fifty. I'm ninety-six fifty. Yeah, uh, Bart is oh, second. So I'm. Past I'm ninety-six ninety-five. So, yeah, and I'm yeah. just below y'all in ninety-five sixty-six. So, oh, Ronnie, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's because I go I against the grain. Comment. It's because oh, we go against the I grain. I love this comment from me. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's almost Kyle Jesse bad. I get to talk bad about Kyle yes, Jesse. I get to rib Kyle tomorrow on the Bassmaster podcast because I was honestly, it's it's actually very impressive if you can pick three of the bottom five anglers. That is impressive. Like, I mean, that's another level. <laughs> that's Oops. when you know you're on it. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. All right. Oh, well, obviously, I probably I definitely have the words, but uh, Andy, go next. What would you do at Oahu? Uh, I had ten thirty. 30 okay yeah deacon let's see man sorry i was looking at my pick so at oahi i had 10 11 so 1011 points bart round us out i'm sure you can't wait to say 1210 only had one guy (laughs) not make the cut impressive and he was sick i felt the worst about so all right. Well, I guess that's what I get for uh, spicing up our group chat. Somebody's got to talk crap here. Uh, but <laughs> that means, with that being said, Karma came full circle. And uh, I am now last in our group. Oh, <laughs> no. With 25 points. Andy in third with 24. I hope I stay there. Bart. <laughs> Bart is in second with 22. And Deacon still leading with 19. Wait, so how do you do this? Golf score. score. So if you win the event, you get one point. If you get oh, okay, two, so you want okay, to have the lowest you. score at the end of the year. I did this with a group of guys one year. That was fun. I did it on paper, but we had about fifteen guys get in the group, and it was a uh, golf score. But you pick the winner of every event, and wherever they finish, that's how many points you got. So if your guy finished oh. nineteen, you got nineteen points. If you guys got a hundredth. You got 100 points at the end of the year, the lowest score won overall. And so it was very cool. I had one dude, I think a dude literally nine event season for the elites. And I think he had like 22 points. Like it was absolutely, wow. yeah. I was like, whoa. That's sick. Actually, I like that a lot. Yeah, that's sweet. That could be it's, a good add in. Yeah, you can get in the league. I'm firing it back up next year. Don't worry. Don't don't make it the serious <laughs> angler league. We just did this whole thing. We came up with this idea. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> well, we wouldn't do that to you, Ron. <laughs> don't don't paint the bass shield red and say it's something different when it's the same thing. Don't do that. <laughs> shoot, shoot us the invite. Shoot us the invite. We'll gladly join that. Of course. Um, so with the, really quick before we get into Mississippi over here, this point system is going to make things interesting because Bart has a chance. And yes. I think we're going to have to figure something out on this episode to set in stone because if Deacon gets last and Bart gets first, you guys will be tied at the end of the season. So how do we do – do we go to, like, fantasy fishing, like the legit fantasy fishing and see who has higher points to determine the winner? How should we determine that? Oh, man. Dude. I would say that or closest to the weight of the final event. Closest to the weight. That's a good point, too. Could do that. Or could do, like, choose a winner. 
Um, and where they finish? Flip yeah. a coin. Flip a coin. Rich. <laughs> Ronnie, what do you think? We'll get outside source to determine this for us. I think it's a little. Deacon, you ever fished the Mississippi River in lacrosse? Never been, man. <laughs> no, I don't think that's. I don't think. I think Adam wanted it to be the winning way. Uh, you wanted it real bad. I'm going dude. a little high for it, so we'll see. But <laughs> that's a good yeah. point. I'll text you. I'll text you. Uh, Cade Laufenberg's number, Adam, and you can get his winning weight prediction, and then you can get in on that. <laughs> I like it. He'll probably say about what I'm going to say, to be honest. Maybe a hair less. So, are we going with winning weight then? Is that the consensus? Deacon, are you are you content yeah, with winning points weight? Or weight? I think I'm ahead of him in points and weight wise. <laughs> got the base is more accurate, but uh, <laughs> uh, dude, I'm I'm good with I'm good with either. I'm good with the weight. I think uh, just looking at prior stats, I got a decent understanding of where I think it'll go this time of year. Yeah, he's like, I'm not scared, Bart. Shove it. <laughs> Bart's been high on weights all year. Like all year. Oh, yeah, hold on. Let's talk about it. Well, I, I have 97 right on the for nuts. Oahe. 97, I think he said, for Oahe. <laughs> oh, I said 80-something. No, I'm pretty sure it was 97. Roll I said that before the wind. I had 84-10. Oh. He did My say 97 before the wind. Yeah, uh, well, I, I'm with him. I heard the same things he heard. About it, it being unreal, but it uh, being a, being low like it was, and uh, you know, obviously, not quite set up the way. You know, it's a little lower weight, but so, if it was a month later, it would have been canceled probably with four days of terrible winds up there. Yeah, and that's when it gets real. I mean, so so I've yeah. been on Wahi a couple times, and it's like there's a lot of that kind of two to four pound class fish, and then there's a couple of absolute five to six pound class fish and some giants. And they just seems to be a lot. It's not like a, a great lakes, right? There's not just a consistent population of like four or five sixes. Um, so I don't know. Does, I, I saw some of the flip flopping happening. Does Oahe f- freeze over? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Like, oh, I mean, uh, it, it is big enough wind wise <laughs> where, uh, where like you're talking, I mean like Champlain doesn't freeze over every year. Right. So like there's sometimes those, those That's big lakes. That yeah, are like that, but I think it's a river in. system. Like, I it's got to have some kind of yeah. It'll it'll ice up. I'm, sure, I'm surprised yeah. Champlain doesn't freeze over because I've heard that it does. So because it's so cold the, up there, the yeah. bays will. The, the, the bays will. It's not every year. So at least I had talked to a, a local up there about that exact thing, and he's like, "Yeah, I mean, some years it's it's solid all the way over, and then some years it won't freeze at all. Like, there, you won't even have ice chunks out in the main. Like all the bays, of course. Yeah, you could literally it's twelve inches thick. You go out and ice fish. Yeah. But like when you main, have when you have those late falls and early winters with some heavy north to south winds, those the upper like towards the gut will stay. We'll and that thing open. always blows too, kind of like what Ronnie was alluding to with, yeah. with uh, Oahe. Even it's just the wind is always a factor. Yeah. <sighs> All right, boys. I'll start getting into the Mississippi River. Bart, seeing as you're the closest, uh, what are some uh, what are some first notions, first uh, claims, predictions that you have for this event? What are we going to see? I think the number one thing is, I mean, if you want. Bold. I don't think it's necessarily that bold, but I think more smallmouth in a bag will win this event than largemouth. Um, this time of year, we're here and with the weather, um, it's going to be cloudy and uh, for a majority of it. And that seems kind of backwards, but those Mississippi River fish love clouds. They love it. 
doesn't necessarily make sense since they're so shallow and uh, like with duckweed and everything. I don't know. For some reason, they set up way better. Um, you're going to see I, – I was looking at the weather briefly, but – I got it pulled up here, Bart. Yeah, you're going to you're gonna see the first two days because it's Friday. Friday is the first day, right, Ronnie? Yep. Yeah, so like Friday, Saturday, you're going to see some wicked smallmouth topwater more than likely. Um, and it, it'll go all day. Like they'll do it literally all day if it's cloudy. Um, so I think this event much more than previous ones, you are going to see smallmouth play. And if I remember right, the last time they were here around this time is when fighter almost beat odd with all yeah. small. <laughs> 2016, right? Yeah. That, that was, was when, this time. Of year. 2018 was in June. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So back when Seth kind of made his surge, um, that that was largely smallmouth. And uh, like I I remember talking to him about it, and he said his one regret from that tournament was when he, he went largemouth fishing for like two three hours, and uh, he wished he would have just smally fish the whole time. But I, I do think you're going to see smallies play a lot more. I saw there was a tournament out of seven last weekend, and I think it was like eighteen one. Um, 1819 this this event i i think it's gonna i think it's gonna stack up really good you're gonna see a different type of mississippi river especially it's been low and slow um a majority of the summer um a lot of those big smallmouth are gonna show up and it's gonna be cool it's gonna be very different than a typical i mean not very different you're still gonna see a bunch of people catch on a frog but i think uh you could very well see someone win it with a spook and a fluke, like legit, like, and it will be awesome because it's my favorite way to fish down there. So you think smallies are going to win or smallies are just going to be what the guys that are successful are going to I think, Like, so here's the thing when you smallie fish on the river, like you're, you might not weigh all smallmouth because a lot of those big largemouth this time of year will migrate to the current. So you'll be whacking on a smallie school and all of a sudden you'll catch a three and a half pound Larry. Like you're going to weigh him in. So I think like the winning bag will have like 14, 13 to 16 smallmouth. It could be all smallies. Like it very well could be, but more than likely you're going to end up seeing, uh, seeing it kind of blend. Um, but generally they won't go target though. Like they're not going to go throw a frog. They're going to catch them in the current on a wing dam, a sand drop, a sand flat. Wobble head off a point, uh, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Where they're fishing for smallmouth, they'll catch largemouth. Especially it's been so low and slow. Those largies are going to get out of that backwater. They're going to go find current. They're not going to sit there the whole time. So do you expect it to fish relatively small again because it's so low? The river never fishes small. It's so long and just there's so much. Like there's so much stuff. Um, Fair enough. I don't really think it fishes that small. What's the what's the on Alaska spillway flow like when it is low and slow? Like how? I, I mean, yeah. I mean, honestly, that year Ot wanted I think was an anomaly. Like I've never seen a tournament one right there. No, I don't expect winning, but I know yeah. day one and two it's going to gobble up a good chunk of the field that are going to give that a shot. Which means yeah. you've got to stay around that lacrosse region. You can't really go do another pattern. You might try to get a good bag there to save your other pool stuff or your yeah. largemouth stuff, whatever. I haven't I haven't fished that spillway much, so I don't know exactly, but I, I would assume there's gonna be like barely any water going over it, if anything. I mean the the river's at like 
I think I was looking at that like five feet down there. Yeah, that's what Jeremiah Shaver posted today. It's yeah, been seven it, and eight for all of them, and it was 13 for 2018 or something like that. Yeah, it, it's low. Like, there's not going to be a lot of water moving. Like, not much at all. Hmm. Hmm. We got David Jong in the chat from Angler's Channel. Yo, asking, yo. Which pool will the winning pattern come from? It'll probably be a combo because of barge traffic. You got to come back. But I, I would imagine – um, I'd imagine it'll be seven and eight. Nine's really good. It's just a, a lot of fish have gotten pulled out of nine. A lot of fish have gotten pulled out of seven too. But there's more tournaments that go out of seven than go out of nine. So they and you're much closer as well. Yeah, you're much closer. Nine's a long run. What are the uh, what are the water levels at? We got a bunch of people asking that. It's a, it's low five. It says five. I don't I don't know what typical is and lacrosse like if i looked let me look at wabasha and i could give you a general real idea. quick how many people are going to get stuck on sandbars a lot because it's really low <laughs> Somebody, <laughs> somebody's going to miss the classic because they're late or, yeah. or, are they, they, or they have to get a ride in you know so should we have an over under on sandbar trappage we'll see <laughs> that's, that's how we determine who wins over the, the winner <laughs> yes <laughs> How are you going to govern that? I mean, is someone stuck for an hour classified, or is it only the ones posted on Facebook no, that classify? You know, yeah, that's, that's where you come in, Ronnie. You practice. have to know yeah. who all is stuck, and you have to report it back. Hey to guys, us. text me when you're stuck so I can put you down, <laughs> yeah. and I'll hey tell Tom Monsor to come to get you. Um, tell the serious perfect. angler guys when you get stuck. <laughs> yeah, Tom Monsor doesn't he have an airboat airboat yeah. deal up there. There's, there's yeah. quite a few guys down there that have them to pull them that's, out. But it was a joke at because the, it's the most expensive one or whatever. Looking yeah. at the yeah. water yeah. levels, it's, it's, it's <laughs> so the water levels in Wabasha, which it looks like it's about the same down in Lacrosse, are about like they're pretty summer, like typical summer to a hair low, like. That's about it. It's pretty standard summer. It just feels like every time they're here, it's high mm-hmm. um, or like higher than it should be a foot or two higher. So mm-hmm. it's pretty typical. For yeah. Me. Like what that post said, it said uh, Jeremiah Shaver, he lives in lacrosse region. He's always helps with the volunteers. He said every time the elites have been here, it's been in that seven to nine foot range, except for 2018, which was 13 feet. And you can see that was when it was flooded up in the trees and it was just like, I mean, it was duckweed everywhere for ish, and it was flooding the trees for Prosnick. He had tree frogs jumping in the boat because he was so far in the woods. Um, and then this week it's 5.26, and it's stable, though. So it's not like it's falling or rising. It's stable. That's and, that's really good for the smallmouth. Really? So, like, I mean, when it's stable, the current is consistent, and then your smallie bite's better, or how does that work? Yeah, well, they won't vanish. <laughs> Sure. That's kind of the bigger thing. Yeah, they're, they're just kind of stuck. But you got to think, Adam, someone's going to find uh, a place that you could probably catch 20 largemouth and win, whether it's a turn in you know a field of grass and there's a turn that's going to have fish congregated because it's so low. When you do find some, you're going to find a bunch. You know what I'm saying? They're not going to – they're all – like they're in a bucket. You know what I'm saying? And some of those areas, especially like where I covered Jordan Lee in past, yeah, like when you're just out there, yeah. Yeah, down by like Goose Pond and Stoddard, it'll be good. There's going to be clean water down there. Or not Goose Pond, uh, Goose Island, whatever it's called. Just north of Stoddard. Um, there'll be a bunch down there. There'll be a bunch of people down there. There always is. But like with those fro- – the th- the way I always think of a lacrosse event and a river event in general is a lot of those guys are going to look for the largemouth because river smallmouth are weird. 
Um, so it's not going to have a ton of pressure if you do find the smallies. Whereas if you find a little juicy largey hole, four days is a lot of days, man, to pull them out of pull them out of one duckweed patch. Like I've seen magical duckweed patch where you can catch fifty to seventy of them out of, but they're not that big. Um, I think a lot of the bags you see won by the river rats are smallies. Like that bag that won last weekend, if I remember right, was mainly smallmouth. Yeah, like Rich said, you need you need a handful of spots on. The well, road. and I don't think that it's going to be one. I'm yeah. just saying you can find a spot that you can just hammer on, and it's not like do or die. And then you obviously you're going to find multiple places to go catch one. You can still just go down the bank and catch solos, you know, or whatever. If you yeah. Need to. Yeah, your big fish probably will be caught randomly in a duckweed, Matt. To be honest, it's probably not going to be a smallmouth. Um, there are some really big yeah. ones down there now, but uh, it's probably going to be a largemouth. I think it's one thing to point out that Rich put in the comments here is that rule that BP got DQ'd for is no longer in mm. existence. Yeah, yeah, you can call you can call both sides of the river now. Yeah, you're, you're that one. <laughs> you made sure to year yeah. after. That yes, happened. because because there was quite a few Bassmaster negotiations on why is this thing still going on. The only thing I will say, you can call a Minnesota and Wisconsin back and forth. It's they they align now. But if you go to Pool Nine and you fish in Iowa waters, which is the western side of the river in Pool Nine, you have to be out of Iowa waters by two p.m., which shouldn't be a problem because yes. most people have to be back. So you better be through the lock at two p.m. But that is some. That's the only thing that's like other than here's your playing field and do what you want. It's that you got to be out of Iowa and two. Yeah, that that's is, a southwest side of nine. It's about as far as you can go. What is the? What is that about? You Dude, that's why our divisionals uh, we had to weigh in at two. <laughs> that's so <laughs> weird. So early, yeah. You can't fish past like two in the summer. I don't know. It's a weird deal. That's like outside California fish. too. Yeah, a similar situation. Just you, they. They have a rule in the summertime because of, of fish mortality, right? Like that's when your fish mortality is higher in tournament yeah. situations. So they just uh, they just cap it to a certain time of day. Wow! Like you can't fish past it, or you can't have fish in your live well. Tournaments, at least in California, it's that way. Yeah. They, they so they just got to be out of Iowa. Which, if you're running back from nine, like you, like Ronnie said, you should probably be through that lock by <laughs> You'd two. Be back hours. through. Yeah. Unless you're stuck on a sandbar. The long ways, or you hit the giant rock that Alton Jones used to fish down there. Yeah, the, yeah, the old road bed. <laughs> All right, any more predictions or anything before we start getting into our our buckets here? No, I think it's gonna. I just think it's gonna be a cool event. I think it'll be. I think it'll be much more similar to like the fighter and um, Biffle won one down there on a shell bar, didn't he? Um, I think it'll be much more similar to that than. I- yeah. I, I mean, one just just fan perspective. I love events like this because there are so many different factors. There's largemouth and smallmouth at play. Um, a lot of different ways for guys to catch them. So this would be a fun one just to see what patterns kind of prevail. Ronnie, real fast for the folks, give us an update on the AOI race. What is the what should we be looking out for? Spot Hunter 13 is going to be disappointed because John Cox can't put any pressure on BP because he has fallen. Let me see where he fell to. Um, it is – I'll pull it up real quick. He, uh, I think he fell to like seventh. He had he had a bad tournament. Uh, the top three coming into the um, Oahe event all had bad tournaments. 
Yeah, John Cox fell down to fifth, and he is 47 plus 15 is uh, 62. So he's 62 points behind. That's, that's, a, that's a big gap now with one event to go and only 90 possible points to move from. You know, 100 points for first, 10 for last. Only 90 points to move. 65 is a lot. But Brandon Polinick's leading by 37 points over Brandon Lester. And um, he's leading by 46 over Chris Johnston. David Mullins is just four more points behind that. I would say, honestly, that 50 points is the farthest you can move if you pulled off something miraculous. So I think it's the top four. uh, But it's really top three, but it's even more so. Those top two, 37, I said in the podcast going into Oahe, I said, if someone can go into lacrosse within 35 to 40 points of BP, it is a realistic chance that we should not be shocked if that second place person in pursuit can win the AOI because that means if you're within 35 to 40 points of Brandon, that he can still make the day three cut and you can go get a top 10 and still have a chance to win AOI. Like he has to finish in the 40 to 47 and you can still do it if you're in the top 10. And so I think that that's what makes it intriguing with Lester. Um, I think Lester's going to fish well. He's fished well all season. He was my AOI pick going into the year. So I'm very excited about that, that he's making me look good <laughs> after winning an open and then, and then also winning an elite this year. So yeah, it's really uh 37 points, uh, 46 points, 50 points. And then below that, it starts to have a couple little, but honestly from fifth, there's going to be a lot of money exchanged from fifth to eighth, because those four people are within four points. Cox, Zaldane, Benton, and Walters are all within four points for fifth through eighth. And that's AOI money with the progressive AOI payout. So, uh, there'll be some people definitely fighting for that um, as well, which is really cool because there's never been incentive for people who were fifth through 10th to, you know, what do I have to fish for? I mean, good enough, but not good enough to win AOI. can't really fall down and there's no payout in past years. Uh, now there's a payout. And so there's something to fight for, for sure. Heck yeah. The only, the only last thing I'll say, Bailey, then we'll get to picks is I, I really think you're going to see a Carolina potentially win an event again. Oh, now that you say it, it's yeah. not going to fall. Maybe. <laughs> I hope not because that don't be topwater. <laughs> but Carolina well, is really good on the river, especially hey, when it's low and slow. And, and to Hellabass's point, just to, to juicing up the story around the AOI race, which is just awesome, uh, BP has not been super stellar at lacrosse uh, yeah, outside yeah. of that deep true, Adam. So good work. That was a Hellabass. Yeah, he had, he had four – events there previously uh he has missed two cuts he's made a cut in like the 30s and then he got dq'd when he was leading um so yeah the track record's not stellar and uh that's why i said that whole points thing like because it's not a shoe in but Oahe was supposed to be a shoe in too it was where lester had his worst career finish and polonic made a top 25 the year that they went and we we saw it flip there so yeah it's gonna be interesting um I think really quick because of that kind of sparked a cool conversation. Uh, Spot Hunter, you won a Hummingbird in Minkota swag pack, being at the conversation around BP. I think that fits. So Spot Hunter, reach out over email or social. We'll get that sent out to you. But uh, fellas, let's get into the picks. Uh, I think people they asked us last last week to go from E to A, which I think will make Mister Hellabass in the chat happy. Um, so let's start with Bucket E. Bart, being that uh, you won last week, 
and Ronnie, feel free to join in with your picks as, as well if you'd like. Uh, Bart, being that you won, take us away, buddy. Yeah, I don't have a good pick in this bucket. Name. <laughs> oh, it's excuses already building excuses. Look at that. Um, but I'm gonna go with Kyle Welcher just because I think he's too good of a stick not to catch him at a place that has a lot of fish. Um, I think he can junk fish around and catch them there. To be honest, he's just had a bad year, but really good angler. Um, yeah, I just I think he'll be able to bum around and catch them. He's used to fishing on river systems and stuff like that. But there was nobody in there. I was like, man, I'm really excited to pick you, unless I completely overstepped someone and totally missed it. But if he's you really think that for bucket E, I can't wait to hear what you say about bucket D because that's the one that I was like, what in the heck? Can I not pick one? But yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Andy, you got second last week, so you get to go uh, next. Well, didn't I get third? But yeah, I'll go next. That's well, you fine. Got second. I did. Oh wow. Yeah. Right. Oh, I got second. Right. All right. Well, <laughs> first time. For, yeah, first time. <laughs> first time for everything, right? Like, I'll take it. No, um, I'm actually going to take Alex Redwine. He's rooming with Jay Shakirat, so I'm sure Jay is fish there quite a bit seeing he's probably what like two and a half hours away at him ish uh yeah probably about that two to two and a half yeah, yeah like quickly google mapping it and he knows how to catch fish so i'm gonna go with alex it's northern water everyone's gonna catch fish it's just can you find bigger come on ronnie that's the best explanation i've ever heard it's the mississippi river like everyone's gonna catch fish hey you know how to catch fish so there's all right all right let me just excuse arkansas bfls know how to catch fish what are we talking about we are Andy for that reason no um it's, it's the Mississippi River, it's kind of like a crapshoot from years past, right? Guys do really good one year, then they stink it up the next year. And I feel like it's more luck because everybody's going to catch them. So you have to get lucky and stumble upon a couple bigger bites. And I don't know who else to choose. I thought about taking Dice K because he almost <laughs> won an open there. But I every time I seem to take Dice K... Um, he screws me. So you're rolling the dice, K. Yeah, <laughs> yeah quite so, literally. I yeah, do. like every, yeah. <laughs> Dad jokes. But <laughs> <laughs> that river, I always think in practice down there, and for people who don't fish it a lot, like on that river, if you get a clue early in practice on like what they're on, it like having a good practice is a really big deal on the river because you can fish for like six hours and not get a bite. Um, so getting in a good groove is really helpful. <laughs> I love that comment. Okay, he, uh, Jim is like Kurt. He puts curses on everyone's picks. <laughs> and, and it seems like when he picks somebody, they bomb. So that's perfect. <laughs> that's funny. He literally said, he said, in fucking E, my first victim is Maddie. <laughs> yeah. Poor man. My first victim. He said victim. <laughs> oh god, that's amazing. <laughs> that's pretty good. That made my day. All right. Deacon, Deacon, you're up, dude. <laughs> All right, man. Uh I'm in the same boat here. There's just you look at kind of past results here, and not too many of our bucket E guys have anything super substantial. I will say Hank Cherry's had an okay track record here. Um but he's been kind of worrying me just with his his season, uh kind of after his two incredible seasons. Um, Dice K is risky to me. 
So I'm on the same boat. Um, Kyle Welcher is a good angler, understands current. He understands grass fishing, uh, Alabama swim jigging, that kind of a thing. So Brogan, to me, he's going to find some fish and have an okay finish here. And that's what I'm kind of looking for in a bucket E. Heck yeah. Well, Ronnie, I will let you go in, in front of me because I have zero good reasons for my pick. So <laughs> well, good. The- Just because they catch fish, right? <laughs> no, it's not even that bad. <laughs> So I will say, uh, looking at bucket E, it's honestly shocking how many of these guys have been in this bucket all season. So it's not like people have just fallen to the basement. It's like they had they didn't get off to a good start and they hadn't figured out how to get it back on the tracks. And it's really, really good anglers as well that shouldn't be in bucket E. Um, but I'm going to go with Keith Combs. Looking at 3.7% for Keith Combs, he's got a pretty good track record here as well. And I think overall, like, People don't think about Keith Combs frogging. Uh, people don't think about Keith Combs smallmouth. But, man, if they are on the main drag and he's able to throw a moving bait around some current or something, I think that he can, you know, gain some confidence that way and then maybe go, you know, flip or frog for a, an extra fish or two at the end of the day or whenever that bite dies for him. I think um, because I don't think – the only thing I'll say to rebuke what Adam has said is – I don't think that you can – the window of catching smallmouth on the river on the main drag has not opened up to a full eight hours. You know, it's not like you can do that all day. There will be like a window in the morning for an hour or so and then probably an afternoon and maybe one in the midday. So that's three hours of your day you can – if you time it right, you can be catching. But I do think that they're going to have to leave that stuff because they, they could die out there just like somebody could die in the duckweed. So – I think Combs is. Uh, I think this is a good one that Combs can get, not back on track as he ends the season, but just something to get. I mean, I don't know what the deal's been the last two years with him. It's been it's been a bummer to see him miss classics because he's not. Before the split, he was top ten in AOI every year. So yeah, high, high, high caliber angler. Yeah, and so it's definitely not like, um, you know, oh, he didn't catch him when the elites, you know, before the split. No, he caught him then, and he hasn't caught. I don't know what's the deal is so. I dig it. I, I can see that. Um, with my pick, again, I had no reason uh, beyond the fact that I don't want our punishment for fantasy fishing, so I'm playing the safe. Uh, and I'm going Kyle Welcher. So. Play, playing the numbers here, boys. <laughs> so that moves us to... Uh, yeah, if, to Deacon, just... if Deacon copies Adam the whole time, well, I guess oh. then he can't make up the gap. Adam has to lose. That's right. That's right. Never mind. I was going to say you could play it safe and just copy. But yeah. Oh, 100%. I thought that. I thought about that. And the, reason <laughs> I say that the reason I say that, so I have a family friend that won the PBR fantasy bull riding, right, like for the country last year, won this big trip out of it and everything. And going into the final deal, the only person that could catch her was some some other guy, and she waited for him to make his picks. Copied every single pick, no chance of losing, and won it because <laughs> she was ahead. <laughs> won the entire thing. Like I don't ever want someone to say there's fantasy fishing question mark because there's fantasy bull riding question mark. Dude. What in the world? Uh huh. Exactly. Well, we're talking about like need a screen of knowledge of that one. Let's go. I, I just want to throw it out there. My buddy Josh, that I fish a pretty big tournament in Canada, is number one overall in all of fantasy fishing right now in buffalo new york yeah that's super cool which is pretty sweet and he uh 
Yeah, he's wait, um, wait, 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 wait. Did you say he's in Canada or in Buffalo, New York? He, he's in Buffalo, New York. Yes. Okay, so he can yeah. win prizes if he's yes. in Canada. He can yeah. win. Yeah. Oh no, I didn't know. <laughs> but like yeah, a real Canadian. quick fun fact about Josh, he's not saying he's lucky, but a couple of years ago, you know, when Van Dam and Zona fished in Michigan did like the Bassmaster Live thing, he won the Hummingbird Prize Pack off of that live show. So yeah, like he's got some he's luck when it comes to winning. Yeah. yeah. Got some juju is what you're yes. I thought Andrew was about to give away the lake or something. I was like, no. don't yeah. give away. No, the no, lake. no. He uh he chimed <laughs> oh, in. God. And I don't remember what his question was, but he won the hummingbird prize back, which was That's pretty awesome. sweet. Yeah. Heck yeah. Well sweet. Let's uh let's get into bucket D. Bart, take it away. Uh, like Ronnie said, this wasn't a great bucket either, but one guy popped out to me. He's had a tough year, but I think he'll catch him on a frog and a wacky Senko just bumming around, and that's Jake Whitaker. Mm. Um, I think he'll catch him here. Um, yeah, I don't, he just had a tough year. He's good at catching fish, and I think he's done well here before, but I don't remember, so don't quote me. He didn't. <laughs> What's yeah, crazy? What's power. crazy is he's had three top twenties this year, and he's, he's had, had four under sixty sixth. It's crazy, or five? Wait, five? Yeah, that's yeah. absolutely crazy. Peaks and valleys, we'll call them. Yeah. So, but he's he did do a peak. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, he he did do well in the Mississippi River in twenty eighteen as well. I think he got in the twenties. And one of the things that was funny uh, was because that was the year he won Rookie of the Year. He caught like three fish a day off of a laydown, like the same laydown. Like he went to the same laydown and caught three fish of his five fish every day off of it. It was, and some of them were large mouth, some of them were small mouth. It was very cool. That is wild. Hmm. Yeah. Jake Whitaker. So that's my pick. <laughs> I like it. it. All right, Andy, you're up. Um, I'm going to take a swing here because I, just because I feel like taking a swing, really I'm taking Wes. He uh, almost won the open there a few years ago. Um, and a good grass fisherman needs to turn the season around and get some momentum for next year. So I'm going to take Wes Logan and Bucket D. Let's hear it, Ronnie. What, yeah, why are you shaking your head, man? I Just, love Andrew's reason. He's like, I'm going to go for a swing like wait, it's a gambler. For it's no like, reason, but I'm swinging. Yeah. <laughs> I'm swinging, all right? 16%. Like, it's one of the most favorite angles. He's like, I'm just yeah. taking a shot in the dark with this guy. I am I'm taking a swing. I love, swing. I love you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I got I got a back. I'm going to – sorry, Deacon, to cut you here. But, like, I'm backing Andy here with the West pick. But, Andy, dude, it's not swinging. It's West and it's frogging and punching. Yeah. It's like, swinging though after West, the year. You never yeah, know. Like the year he's having, it's a swing. Anybody in Group D and E is a swing at this point. <laughs> yeah, honestly. So like, <laughs> yeah, so I swung with Jake Whitaker. Uh, I will I, again. I apologize, Deacon. I cut you off on the pick here, but I want to point out I did not choose Justin Atkins for this tournament. Wow! <laughs> I bet you Kyle Jesse, Kyle Jesse Rumble. will one hundred percent tomorrow. One hundred percent. Poor Justin. Poor guy. <laughs> Dude, you were on a roll there. Just Justin on everything, dude. Because it just felt right, but then like some tournaments, you'd be like, "Oh, it worked out." And then some of them, you're like, "You're like, this seems like an Atkins tournament," and he bop. Everyone made fun of me for Felix, and Bailey picks Justin for five out of the nine (laughs) tournaments a year. But that's because it's different. Because it's like kind of you feel like a a Midwest. You have to like push the Midwest because you're from there. This (laughs) is different because he's just a fan of somebody. (laughs) You're like, oh, well, he's from my home. Okay, here we go. We have to choose him. Yeah, it's not even like fan. I like Justin, but like it just fits. Like he's, 
Okay. He's also got to support. He's got to support his, you know, his side job, career, you know, and the anglers that they work with. You know, he's got nothing. He's got a quota. He's got to do it. Yeah. That has zero enough mentions of my anglers. Love this. He's taking the. Uh, Bailey curse off of Justin here. Now he's gonna Justin's so pumped him. right now. He's like, oh, <laughs> he's gonna win the dang third now. Is what he's gonna do. Yeah, hundred percent. Oh God! All right, Deacon, what's your pick? Oh man, dude, I, I'm so I'm so tempted to just copy Bar Two Six picks, but I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna make it just more do it. This. Just because, agonize him here. <laughs> just, just get him. But no, I'm going west as well, man. Um, I just think that this is gonna be great for him uh again more of that he's gonna go frogging and flipping he's gonna be consistent he's gonna he's gonna find some fish and he had a really good finish here so he's been around the place a little bit well that's funny saying justin's stock's gonna go up 30 percent after I'm <laughs> that's Very well that's <laughs> all right ronnie round us out uh daryl gleason uh, i think that He's shown signs of being able to do well on tough river conditions, whether it's the Coosa River um, and, and things like that. And so I think uh, some winding baits might come into play. He's not afraid to top water him to death either. He throws the Carolina rig and drop shot religiously in Louisiana. Um, and so I think that Daryl could be one with a, a sneaky pick here. But literally, dude, I looked through almost everybody in this bucket, and they either got a top five in the open that they had in 2019 – and or they've literally averaged 90th place finishes in the elite series it's absolutely crazy i picked guys i'm just like eh, he's from tennessee let me check out his 97th oh let me check out this guy's it's like 56th 88th 102nd and i'm like how the heck does no one in bucket d ever done well at the mississippi river but i think daryl will do a uh, solid in that year him and justin both need to catch him and so um maybe the good vibes are going there i didn't want to pick jake because I didn't want to pull a Bartusik and pick someone who used to be down the road from me, and he's one in my home circle, you know, of guys in North Carolina. So I stayed away from Whitaker. I, I want to, I want to see him do well without the curse of Ronnie picking him. So uh, Daryl's my pick there. Had to stay away from Steve Kennedy because I swore him off uh, at the beginning of the season. Can't pick him in Rapala because he literally gets last if I pick him, and I'm, I'm tired of it. I'm, I'm done with it. You're done. <laughs> you are forbidden. I, I do have a weird hunch about Stracer in this event because he seems to do well around the grass. So I think if you're going wild card, just, I wouldn't trust me. I'm last in this this fantasy game with these guys, but just weird pick. All right, bucket C. Bart, let's hear it. Um, yeah. So this one, honestly, I thought it was a pretty easy pick. He's going um, Dougie. I know it. <laughs> no, no Doug, Dougie that does not have like much experience on the river at all. Actually, um, I think last year in the open was the first time he had fished there. He told me, but uh, I am going with a guy who always does well on rivers, and whenever he gets a top ten, it's with grass around him. So I'm going with Brian Schmidt because he's going to catch him. He also he, won there. He is, yeah, he's won there, and he ain't scared of getting stuck. And if you're going to catch him down there you need to not be scared of getting stuck yeah i guess uh somebody in the comments earlier said he got stuck today already so yeah uh, he's doing great <laughs> he's just paving his path that's all he's just dredging he's just dredging Dude, that's what half of the guys down there do they get stuck and just rubber 
You guys need oh, to do it. You, you need to do a count on Instagram stories of a pro taking a video of another pro shooting a mud rooster tail up. How many times we see that in someone else's Instagram story? Yeah, it's like a it's That's like a drinking crazy. game. We should have done that with uh, the amount of buffalo pictures on Instagram. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah. was, oh, I know. That's <laughs> what's hilarious is like when I first saw the first one, like John Cruiser, somebody posted it. Like I literally had that exact same situation fishing there uh, earlier this year. Where just there's one bison on the side. I'm like. Wow, that's pretty cool. He saw the same buffalo I did, and then I saw like a hundred more. I'm like, all right, I guess there's more than just one buffalo. <laughs> Fantastic. Also, it was very cool to mention Oahe real quick that there was like a sitting bull monument, and there's some other Native American like burial ground like mo- uh, monuments and stuff right there across from Takeoff on the other side of the river or on the other side of the lake. Um, pretty cool to see that kind of U.S. history in that region with a bathroom. It's almost like a DC um, event in Potomac. You know what I'm saying? So I thought that was cool. It's cool, man. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Who's up? Andy? Yes. So I was torn between two people and uh, I ended up going with Schmidt, but I was thinking Bill Lowen just because he knows how to catch fish in river, Ohio river. Finally got the blue trophy last year at Ufala. I was like, and he seemed to have an Pickwick. okay year. Pickwick, yeah, Pickwick. I don't know why I thought you followed. I'm sorry. It's been a long Man, time. Andy, you were just three for three on Sam Thompson. Three for three. Today. You yeah. just been shy when I'm I on the show or something. Off here. Just kicked now me off here. Now he's done. Yeah. He's cursed the rest of the show, man. This is this is bad today. I apologize. No, but uh, I am going Schmidt. He's an incredible grass fisherman. And like he has won there in the past in 2017 or 2016, I believe, on the tour. So... Yeah, you always find something a little off the wall compared to the others fishing grass too. I have like it's important. Patch yeah. Like yeah, Deacon. Yeah, I I think there's a couple of good options here um, in this bucket. You know, I looked at Schmidt for sure. Um, I thought another one, Caleb Sumrall's had a strong year and and is uh, seems to play well when it's shallow and kind of a situation. Um, and then. Brock Mosley seems to have a high percentage here, but to me, I'm in the same boat, uh, or I guess I'm the opposite. I went with Bill Lowen in this one, kind of a safer pick. Uh, he's had a pretty good track record there and is is going to catch a limit either way. It's just a matter of if it's gonna what it's going to weigh, and uh, I think he's going he's gonna to put something together this week. You mentioned my, uh, you mentioned my pick, and it wasn't Bill Lowen. You, I picked Caleb Sumrall, and uh, – He's only fished here once before. He's made the cut. Um, but I think what's weird is this year, events that you expect him to catch him in, like the Harris Chain, like Santee Cooper, he has not. And he's gotten better at smallmouth, and he's really gaining, though. He had a top 20, a top 30, and a top 40 in a row to now be back inside that classic cut line. Really, he's he's been Come fishing well the last few yeah. years. Yeah, he's been – excuse me. He's been very consistent up north – and made classics because of that. And this year he's needed it to bail him out. And so I think he could get back to his way of fishing. He's got to catch him. There's a little pressure there. He's probably got about a five or six point. Let me see what it is actually. 40th place in AOI. And he's got a six point gap on 43rd, which is the last spot. And there's 12 more points um, in the next to the next spot. So he's got a little bit of a buffer, but he needs to catch him. And making the cut this week would probably solidify his classic for sure get into that 506 projected point total. So I'm going with Summerall, and it's 5%. There are so many good picks, like uh, Mark Edwards just said. There's so many at 
12, 11, 15, 12, 18, 5, 5. You know, there's a bunch of good people that it's really dispersed well in this bucket. I, I got to say, Eric just pointed this out. Schmidt's only at 11%. Yeah. <laughs> that is mind-blowing to me. How is Brock Mosley higher than Brian Schmidt? I feel like Schmidt never gets like high either, though. Like when he won at Champlain, I think he was like 18 or 19 percent, like the highest you might ever see him, unless you're on like a title fishery, like the Chesapeake or the James. But well, so he's like, I mean, I think sometimes too, folks don't necessarily do all their due diligence on on previous tournaments, right? As far as if they were a major league fishing event, a Toyota series, that kind of a thing, and so, um. You look at his statistics, like, I mean, he's, I think, won more Toyota Series than anyone else ever, and it's always on grass fisheries. And um, so I think people just don't check everything out. I will say I think that Schmidt's a good pick because he's won here and he's very comfortable and he's going to probably do well this week and he needs to do well. Um, It was a May tournament, and I know time of year matters at times, and so May compared to August, water level conditions – it's just so hard for me to believe sometimes that these people are going to go. It's some anglers who have won places lean on history and it hurts them the next time they, they go and check those things. And sometimes winners feel so comfortable at a place that they can go fish brand new water and go explore and feel confident. So I don't know where Schmidt's at on that line. Um, he's a very, very good pick, but yeah, I, I think a lot of people just, they don't necessarily know the name yet. I don't know why, but they don't know the name. Like they know Brock Mosley, like Brock's been around for a, more on the elites than Schmidt has. Sure. And so they just, it's an easy name. It's a buzz name. That's why I think percentages are so important. And not because it's, you want to just do something off the bait and path. It's because it's so low hanging fruit. It's the popular name in the bucket for yeah. no reason. Like last, Brandon Polinick at Hawaii was 50, or like 46 or 47%, almost 50%. And you have the Johnstons, Taku, uh, like Gussie. I, I mean, like, what the heck? So, of course, everyone else was a bargain. And so, um, that's my little rant on percentages, but I think it's, it is name notoriety and they should know Schmidt. Yeah. yeah I'll agree with that. Um, it's a comment here from Eric saying he likes Shryock, but can't bring himself to not pick Schmidt. And that is my exact thinking for this group where I would love to, if I wasn't in last in this group here to pick Hunter to go for, you know, the points here, especially with the you know, percentage being at five, but uh, playing it safe here, <laughs> trying not to get punished in this group. Uh, I'm going with Brian Schmidt. There really is no other better explanation because half of you guys already went through. So we'll just leave it at that. So what's the punishment for being last? I, I feel like Bailey's so scared. It's like you have to like play golf with your pants down or something off the team. Well, he's know. not going to pull Matt that. Robertson. All right, like <laughs> <laughs> Bailey has um, to catch the fish on video with the dick lure. <laughs> Hey, go ahead and say it. There it is. There you go. That's yeah, two you weeks did. in a row. Bart has ruined the surprise. <laughs> <laughs> I already ruined it earlier. Sorry. Yeah, it's out for people now. But I'm Don't sure worry. you've seen that crankbait, Ronnie. Basically, I have to go go out and catch a fish on it and record it for everybody. <laughs> good, good. Don't worry. Like some stumps and broke some uh Such broke some some news on Bass Live that he wasn't supposed to break during Hawaii. So I hope that people just weren't paying attention. I'm like, well, now they're all gonna go back and watch, Ron. Well, I, the the day two thing. is premiering right now. There we go. 
Um, oh, so now we know a day to go watch. Is no, no, I'm just saying. I'm saying yesterday was day one. Today's day two, and we'll we'll have them finished up before day one of lacrosse starts. Um, I was going to say a good a good sleeper in that bucket that no one's really talked about, and I think he spent a fair amount of time here last year around that same time was is Carl Jockamson. Carl's really good with the frog. He's been around here. Um, been here before like he spent a lot of time up around minnesota so carl ain't a terrible pick too he likes throwing a frog and he's good at catching them he needs to as well yeah got a little bit of a gap for his first classic birth it's almost there all right well really quick i think we'll remind uh andy and bart you guys have Still have Queen Tackle and the new Hobie Echo Shades to give away tonight. So if you guys see anything pop up, uh, holler and pick a winner. Just throw that out there. If someone and, could pick my Group B pick based on who's all in there, I'll give it to them. Oh, that's a good one because it's like literally the state of Wisconsin and Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that is man. Yeah, that's a that's a good. I like that part. Way to ask. You can right. guess my B pick. I have right, a we'll, feeling, and I we'll know go, it's not fighters, so. I, I almost picked him. <laughs> well, there you go. Now I, no one's going to say not fighter. fighter. <laughs> I know. Man, right, I, so I'm we'll, really thinking we're going to bait him into telling us ooh, our pick before. I'll before go because someone got it. Anthony Diaz. Yeah. He was you a first. So. Uh, Schlapper. Patty Schlapper. Group B, I'm going with Pat Schlapper. Um, I think, I mean, he's had some good events in the Elite Series. He's got some really big fish. Um, I think this will kind of be the schlapper come out party. Um, he's fished down here. He's fished the river a lot. And like I said, I think smallmouth are going to win and to catch the Mississippi river smallmouth consistently, like you need to be able to bail on spots and kind of go run stuff. And, uh, I feel like he'll be able to do it. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I truly think he's going to be one of the guys who's fishing smallmouth the majority of the time. Um, but, there's a lot of other really good picks in this bucket. Like, this bucket is loaded. I, I really think the winner is probably coming out of this bucket. Here's a – Ronnie, real fast, if you know off the top of your head, didn't Schlapper won Big Bass, like, what, twice this year? Yep, back-to-back. He won at the at Santee Cooper in Chickamauga. Had a, had a, almost a – and then I think he had – he had a giant at Harris Chain, too. Yeah, he had an eight-pounder at Harris Chain. He had a 10 at Santini. He had like a nine – or no, he had a 9-15 at Santini, like a 10-5 at Chick or something. Yeah, I don't think yeah, I, I don't I think anyone's sure. ever had Big Bass back-to-back Elite Series events, and, and Schlapper did. That's sick. All right, yeah. we got Pat Schlapper. Andy, who you got? Uh, oh, wait, this- wait, wait, very fast. Uh, Bart, what did they win? Queen oh, or Hobie? Hobie. Hobie? All right. New we got the new Echoes. Anthony Diaz, those new Echoes way. are going to be headed your way, dude. Those things are freaking sweet. Actually, I'll pull them up real fast on the uh, on the share screen here so you can see what you're going to be winning. Why, why Andy said they're kind of like a uh, modernized Viper shades. Oh, they're, <laughs> they're freaking sweet. Look at your prom. Athletic. <laughs> Let's go. Splinters. Well, which ones are we sending them, Bailey? The black I ones? I those believe it's ones? these ones right here. Yeah. Yeah, nice. Anthony, get in touch with us, buddy, whether over email or social, and uh, we'll get those sent out to you. But uh, Andy, take it away oh. for bucket B. 
Yeah, so I mean, unfortunately, I'm going fighter just because he's fortunately. Yeah, he's due a actual like hundred thousand dollar derby blue trophy. Besides Milax, I think this is his best shot to end the season to hopefully get one. But it was hard for me. I, my second pick was Hackney, just because I know he's done well there in the past. I think there was was it not a BPT event, but something along those lines, like a qualifier cup that he did really well there swimming a jig like four or five years ago. And it was tough for me not to go with him. Then my third pick was Bob Downey. I, that's who I ultimately thought Bart was taking was old Bob. So we're we're picking five people overall, and Andrew's picking five in this bucket. So yeah. That, yeah, I wanted to pick five. So many good but, picks in this yeah. bucket. Like I literally think the whole top ten could be in this bucket. Dude, yeah. Glad I didn't take Bob. Victim be his old everyone. Victim be his old Bob. Man, don't do that to Bob. Bob's a good guy. Yeah, come oh. on. Cool. cool story about Bob. I don't know if Bart's ever told this, but uh, the first time Bob met Fighter. They fished yeah. as a boater co and a pro am deal, and his mom dropped him off at the boat ramp. And like a 19 year old fighter won with a 16 year old Downey yeah. on the Mississippi River. And I think Bob was proud because he contributed one of the five fish limit in that yeah. pro am. <laughs> Let's go. That's time he met fighter. Yeah, another on the Very cool. series. That'd wow. be a cool show to get them to on uh, to talk about that. Yeah. That'd be a lot of fun. All That's right, awesome. uh, Deacon. Yeah, so again, just to reiterate, I would I would argue to say, and I'd love your guys' opinion because we've been following this all year, this is the strongest bucket that I have seen for an event this oh, entire it's season. In, yes. It's incredible. Absolutely. Everybody's in it. <laughs> I will say I will say other than bucket A of Oahe, where there was every single smallmouth like guy. hammer. I think four of the top ten were from bucket A, four yeah. of the top ten were from bucket B, and two of the top ten were from bucket C in the last event. Wow. Yeah. So it's pretty accurate there. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, and so with that, I mean, just some dark horses that I'm going to throw out there. Uh, you know, Clifford Birch has had great track record here. He's got a fantastic track record in the the last couple times. The elites have been there. Uh, Peroznik has almost won there. Obviously, you have all your local boys that grew up fishing that thing. There seems like there's a lot of championships that happen at lacrosse, especially kind of in smaller stuff into the, the fall and into this time frame. So I think all of that's huge. I think you've got your your absolute hitters, Jason Christie, Hackney. I mean, just so many. Oh, another one huge, like the guy I've been riding all year for consistency, Luke Palmer, man. Like that and dude another, is just and is sick. One percent. <laughs> right. So like that's huge. But to me, I'm I'm riding the fighter train on this one. Just watching him on Oahe, how chill he was, it reminded me of fighter in previous years, just relaxed and catching him. And uh, after he gets that like little limit in the boat, he's just dangerous. And to me, it's on a place where he can go chase smallmouth, dip in and catch a green one if he needs to. And um, and I'm looking for fighter to do well. I know he's a high percentage pick, but I'm not really interested in percentages at this point. I'm just trying to beat Bart, and that's who uh, who I'm going with. <laughs> Fighter's a great pick because I, I would argue he is definitely going to fish for smallmouth. Dude, there's so many good picks in here. Holy there crap. is. There's one that nobody's mentioned. Who? Yeah. We'll save I it. We'll save it. Get one with green fish. I'd pick him. 
We'll, we'll save it to the end and see if there's any gaps and we'll, we'll fill them all in. But, I can, uh, hey, since since Andy picked five people and Deacon <laughs> listed six more, I can do the other five in the bucket and I'll get one that Mark was mentioning. Love it. Let's go. Um, I think, let it rip. I think, uh, I'm going with Luke Palmer here. Zero tournament history here. Uh, I I just like this because I'm also there is a saying where there's too much of a good thing. I like you know I think there's too many local picks. There's too many make sense picks that you just one of them is going to suck. Two of them are going to suck, and I don't want to be that. one of those guys. You're never you're not going to have an all Minnesota or Wisconsin top ten, and so I just don't I don't know enough about. Uh, someone's personality to know how they even attra- a, a do address practice at a place that they are familiar with. So um, especially a place that a lot of family is going to be there. There's going to be a lot more distractions this week. And this bucket is interesting because half the people in this bucket uh, don't have to catch a bass to make the classic and half need to need to do just a, a little bit. Probably, you know, it, it ranges down to where you probably got to get a top 50, you know, and so some of them are fishing free and some of them are not. It's hard to tell. Uh, how it is in the last event of the season. So Luke Palmer's my pick. I think uh, I think his style, locking a frog, flipping a bad mama, um, putting the spinning rods up. I think that Luke is a, a pick that I'm cool to go with, and it's off the beaten path. I use Rapala because I can't win any prizes. I use Rapala Fantasy Fishing as a way to pick other people because I could just go fighter, you know, Hackney, Christie, Johnston's every single week, and I'm not telling anyone that's playing fantasy fishing something they don't know. I'm trying to give them other people's picks or other picks to think about. So um, Palmer is is my pick in bucket uh, bucket B. Ronnie, I like kind of what you said with what Deacon said about guys who are fishing chill or kind of made the classic. Like that's when fighter is so dangerous. Like when he can, when he can just swing. He is so good, and I think who this, was that? Who are you saying? Fighter, like oh, when yeah. he just swing, he is so good. Like on you see it on like Champlain and places where he's just not even worried. Um, and now that I don't think he doesn't really need to worry about the classic that much, does he, Ronnie? No, I don't think he does. Not with the top ten last week. He's in twenty fifth. I think so. I've done the math every event, and the projected point total for the classic spot in 43rd right now has not changed the last few weeks. It seems like no matter who's taking the 43rd spot, it's the same points, and it's a 506 point projection right now. And so, with anglers being able to get 10 points if they catch a bass at minimum, you know, if you finish last with a bass weighed in, you get 10 points. That means anybody above 30th or 31st in AOY, all they have to really do is catch a bass to get to the projected mark. Now, whether it goes up from projections, a point or two or down remains to be seen. But if you really want to be safe, uh, Hackney's already at that projected mark and 28th and everybody above that, which is Palmer, Cobb, Fighter, the Perch, those are the guys right above it, should be in the projected classic cut line right now points-wise. So they might not have to do a thing. Yeah. Really fast before I give my pick here. Uh, Andy, what was your group E pick? My group E? Hold on, let me yes. go back. My group E was red wine. Because he catches fish. He knows how to catch he catches fish. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. I, th- I, I thought for a second here that Andy was low-key taking the route that Deacon – we had joked about Deacon with De- uh, Bart saying the same picks that he would – because Andy and I are only a point away. 
Oh, for yeah, the loser. but I'm picking before you, so you'd just be. Oh, you'd be trying to one up me, but how could I pick? Well, the same I'm picks saying if I had the same picks already, I would have. I would change mine for the sake of. <laughs> we have to be different. Uh, but the fact that you have different group B, it makes me feel fine. And I'm also going with Seth Fighter. <laughs> otherwise, otherwise, if you were going, if you're same group E, I would have gone with Caleb Kupal because I think he's a day three like lock. Yeah. So what I was going to say that that was a guy that nobody's talked about. Like, that's right. Everybody thinks of Minnesota, Wisconsin with the Mississippi river, especially lacrosse. Like that is Wisconsin driven. Like, there is very few big tournament venues really on the middle of the western part of Wisconsin. So, like a lot of your Wisconsin guys, like Jay Shakir, it spent a lot of time on the Great Lakes, but a lot of those guys fished the Mississippi River a ton. Like that's where they went to their big tournaments. Whereas Minnesota guys went to Minnetonka, Leech, Vermilion, North. Uh, not as many Minnesota guys have really ventured down. That's where kind of Bob Downey and Fighter are a little different. They fish the river a lot. Gotcha. I, I want to call out. You didn't throw the comment up, but I just peeked it. And Hellabass is talking junk, saying I'm giving up on regular fantasy. I am in like 91%. Oh, you did throw it. I missed <laughs> I it. it 91% over here, okay? I'm doing my best, but I am in the top 10 percentile for fantasy fishing. So even though uh, you know it's not my forte, Drain the Lake by far is – which I'm Absolutely. not going to bring up. I'm not going to bring up Hella Bass's track record in, in Drain the Lake because I'm beating him, <laughs> I believe. Um, but yeah, I just want to say that I wanted to call out that. I'm I'm doing better in Drain the Lake than regular fantasy too. I think. I think it's That's because crazy. it's more strategy. You have to know all 90 anglers and what they're good at, and you have to find a place to put them. And I played the I played Drain the Lake this year, scared in week one, and that 1,200 points at the St. John's, which my average is 1,900 for every event. That's kill. I, I would I would literally have a legit shot at number one if I just had fifteen or sixteen hundred in the first one instead of twelve. So it's driving me nuts that I uh I got smoked in that. Gosh, it's I'm like torn right now. I want to pick Koopal. I would go with the grain, but we're still in the bucket. Is there any vetoes if I switch my pick to Koopal to? No, you can go Koopal. And see, he's only doing it though because Ronnie told him to. I know. I want to see. Yeah, I Ronnie didn't tell me to do anything. No, Rich, I heard in the comments. Says I Bailey Rick, He literally, <laughs> he literally said it. <laughs> I didn't even see that. Oh, you're the comment king. Don't even. You read every comment. <laughs> I still have my new comment bu- uh, button on my thing over here. I haven't even clicked it yet. I'm still at Kevin Wesley's group A for the woods straight pimping Matt Robertson. <laughs> that's still where my comments at all right fine Four. fine i will stay with fighter i won't pick just so you guys stay oh happy. i don't care man oh, I'm, I'm, don't care I'm, just, I'm just picking on you kind of like you guys all people. picked on me because he catches fish <laughs> so i just think that's the line that we need to put on like a, a wooden plaque like a, a fantasy fishing fishing trophy for the Hell series thing where group needs to be like i picked this guy and one fantasy because he knows how to catch fish quote unquote fantastic yeah oh dude that was so good but like bailey knows that aligns perfectly with like the personality of me when we fish together you just it's how it happens just you guys you guys have to have a soundboard bailey to get a serious (laughs) angler to another you gotta get a soundboard you gotta get some of these lines that you've got recorded in a file and double click and just play them out loud at the end of the year you can catch fish (laughs) you can catch fish 
insightful. That, that yeah. is insightful. Oh, God. <laughs> it was next level. <laughs> it's the last year. The, the last show the of the year. I'm just honored to be here. So I'm just, I got to burn it down. It's fantastic. Oh, Good guys. Uh, really fast before we move on. I there's there's some notables I think in Group B that even we still miss. Like oh. Tyler Rivet. You said the whole thing. Yes, yeah, exactly. All right, fair <laughs> enough. We'll move on. Group A, part round us out. Uh, mine's I actually changed this last minute. I had it for uh, I had it for a junk fisherman first, but I switched it to uh, Jay Shakirat because of cloud cover the first few days in smallmouth. And uh, Jay also fished the bass divisional here the same weeks last year. So, see, I heard through the grapevine that he was not good in lacrosse. <clears throat> he hasn't fished it a ton, but he at least was there, same conditions, water level stuff last year. So, good. I'm going to go with him and smallmouth. <laughs> All right, Andy, you're up. This one was hard for me. Um, because they all catch no, fish. No, no, no. I um, I want to go. I wanted to go with Swindle because he in 2016, same time of year, top water. He had smallmouth fired firing right, and he basically helped Otifo secure that win because he had those city smallmouth going on a spook and basically told him where to go during the tournament, right? But also, Brandon Lester is hungry for winning in AOY and I can see him really swinging for it. So I went with Brandon Lester over Gerald Swindle. What if Lester won an open and elite AOY and next year he'll be a favorite for the classic. What if he won those in a one calendar year? Holy cow. That'd be pretty insane. Welcome, welcoming uh, coming out party. Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> Let's go, Jim. No, no. <laughs> Come on, Jim. why would you do that? Jim is savage. Change man. your pick, Jim. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I will say, um, I think like three or four tournaments ago, me and Jim had the same pick, and that guy had a top ten, if I remember correctly. So I'm safe with Jim. All right, like we're well, that's like ten percent of the time, it works every time. <laughs> exactly. exactly right. Yeah, one percent of the time. <laughs> All right, Deacon, you're up, dude. All right, guys. Um, I went with, you know, bucket A was a little harder for me. Uh, I wouldn't say it's quite as strong as bucket B in this case for this specific derby. But I went with Stetson Blaylock. Um, he finished 14th here in 2018. It was a different time of the year, but it was still kind of late June, starting to kind of get into that summer period. Um, so I just think that that dude catches him everywhere having a great season doesn't have to worry about the classic so he may go swing and uh and go for a go for a win so that's my pick Heck yeah uh, real, real quick chris flay is gonna win the queen tackle because i'm just gonna <laughs> stick on yeah. the he's such a fish quote line all right so thanks chris for backing me up fish. here you he can be how, making fun of me it's fine but he just catches fish yes he knows what he's talking about and chris flay is gonna win the gift card to clean tackle awesome thank you yeah, chris let's get in touch we'll get you that that gift card sent out ronnie g-man uh gerald's been my pick here since january he's on my drain the lake team i've just had i've had it slotted in this spot um 
in 2016, which is my last year working on the water with the elites, I saw that same stuff that Andy was talking about with Swindle. Um, but I got to watch Swindle's. Okay, so cool story here. I got to watch Swindle's GoPro footage every single day of competition because I would uh, see Lulu at takeoff, or I'd see him at takeoff. They'd be putting the GoPro on the boat. He'd catch him that day. I'd ask, hey, can I use your card for some highlights, and I'll give it back in the morning. We did that every single day because he caught him so well that year. It was him and Hackney for AOI. Hackney had made his mistake, and Swindle ran away and won the AOI with uh, Combs trying to chase him down at Malax. And I saw Swindle basically every cast he made, as long as the GoPro was running, in 2016. And one thing I picked up about Gerald Swindle that people know is, yes, he's a junk fisherman, but explaining his actual definition of junk fishing it's hard to do in words but when you see it it's impressive so over that year i probably saw 60 to 75 casts that blew my mind it's one of those things where we've all done it as tournament fishermen you're fishing down the bank with a bait and you look at something and you're like i need to pick up that and you pick it up make a cast catch a fish on your first cast with that new bait on that piece of structure you put that rod down you pick up what you were fishing with and you keep going and then you see another piece and you pick up something else and you catch one on it. So at the end of the day, you've got five, you know, fishing your live well and they came on three or four different baits. But Swindle did that religiously to where that man is so smart when it comes to something is triggered in his brain that made him pick up a different bait. And so junk fishing is just like throwing whatever, whenever, no reason. But for Swindle, his junk definition is uh, I've seen it and it is so calculated on I'm going to throw this bait all day, but I'm going to mix in these five others for about 6% of the cast throughout the day. And those 6% are the most efficient casts I've ever seen in my life. So this body of water suits him well with that style, I believe, as long as he doesn't get stuck somewhere. I think uh, I think that, that, that when I saw that, it's, I immediately thought, man, if it gets tough, if it's low, if you could catch him on multiple things, I feel like he's going to play, play his cards well. So that's a little thing from – how impressed I was from the comedian who kind of hides how smart he actually is. Yeah. Wow. I like it's that. That's crazy, dude. Fishery, dude so. I, I wish, I wish I could make like a, it wouldn't be a captivating YouTube video because people would be like, show the catches. Why are you showing the cast before and him putting the rod down and picking it up? But it was absolutely crazy. Like, cause we all have that moment. We look at our buddy and we're like, dude, first cast. Like I, I knew that I needed to pick up a jig there or I knew I needed to pick up a top water on that seawall for, and the first cast does it. And we always, as amateurs, ride with that. You, you flip in a jig, you pick up a topwater, and you catch one, and you ride with it for 30 minutes, and you don't catch another fish. And I knew it was another level with him when he put it right back down maturely and went back to work with what he was doing. And so I was like, man, yeah. that guy. That totally reinforces, like, the guy that breaks 12 rods, uses two the whole time, but all those other rods are, like, for three to four casts a day. Just in case, yep. Yeah. Smart. I like that. I like the hell out of that reasoning, Ronnie, too. I like that. It was a cool story. I wish I, 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 I don't know how to write a good enough story without it being too long and wordy on that, but what is that one piece of structure? What is that one fish behavior? What is that one weather change that triggers an elite angler's mind to do so? What, same thing with Hackney. Everybody's got it. There's a couple guys that definitely have it, a couple that learn it. Um, but like, what makes Christy? you know, do that or approach something the way he does. I think those are the so hard to do a video and so hard to do a story on it without just seeming like it's a dumb, vague answer. But it's like, it's like KVD telling you how to throw a square bill. 
and you know that you're going to pick up that same scroll bill and never be able to throw it like him no. because there's a certain there's an unexplainable thing that just time on the water gives you and is that do you do you think it's like a i mean like you said just a pattern recognition thing where he's he's so many things calculated to his brain is just moving to this because of that little bit of thing yeah and and like uh i do i think it's like you've been on the water so many hours you've seen every single type of weather system and situation you see a an oil you know you see a it's a windy day and you see a slick spot on the water and you're like you know, we just look at that all the time. It's like whatever. And Hackney's like, when when bait fish get eaten, they put out oil from their scales, That's and crazy. it creates a slick. And then he goes and catches and wins a tournament. They're like, I would have just been like, hey, look at that one calm area over there. That's cool. And we kept going. And so there's something that does that. Like Christy, with the fog, he's like running to Chickamauga, and he's like, I'm going to my main area. And he's like, ah, it's foggy. I don't want to risk running into something. Let me just pull over this dock. I caught one on like 17 years ago. And then he catches three fish that give him the win at Chickamauga before he even gets to his area. You know, it's just things like that we take for granted. And you're like, it's not the plan, but you're mentally prepared for that adjustment. You know, it's not those rods on the deck for Swindle aren't the plan, but he's ready for that slight adjustment. And everyone always expects it to be like a 180. Like, yeah, I was flipping a jig all day, and then I picked up a topwater and did a 180 the rest of the day. No, it's like you did a 180 for 12 minutes throughout the entire day, and you caught fish in those 12 minutes. You know, it's very cool. That is, that is awesome. And just to – real quick, just I saw Chris Flay's comment. It's not exactly pertaining to fantasy fishing, but, uh, yeah, so I flew up, flew into Champlain and fished behind Spencer Sheffield as a co-angler in the <laughs> Champlain Toyota series. First of all, extremely hard to fish behind somebody scoping at that level but uh incredible man i mean i exactly what ronnie's talking about of guys who have it and have those adjustments and have those little things and granted it's doing his thing right and he just won again right on on the uh tack warehouse pro circuit championship but anyways that dude is it was i don't know coolest thing i've ever drawn as a co-angler just was was incredible to watch him work and see that level of uh that that next tier is what i would call it and what one thing that's cool about spencer is he's from down the road from where you know we are here in arkansas his dad's obviously ron shuffield like one of the best shallow water beat down guys of all time so he's been ingrained with that his whole life he's learned the opposite now with the forward facing sonar but it's cool to see spencer win that tournament because he was told no when he applied for the FLW tour years ago mm-hmm. by FLW. And he was the first one left off the list and they put a guy they should not have put in there and he did not give up and got in the next year. And now he's a champion. And I'm like, man, they dodged a bullet there. Cause this is a cool story. They get to tell that they almost couldn't because if he would have just gone at 180 and fished the opens or something, you know, he might not have been doing it. So very cool to see him win that. Yeah. But man, Dakota Ebear needs to freaking win one. Oh, dude, so many Golly. <laughs> that dude's a stick. Anyways, I uh, took way too long on Bucket B, but I thought that Swindle story was very cool. Heck yeah. You mean Bucket A? Bucket A. Oh, that was Bucket A. I'm yeah. Sorry. We're on to the last pick, and that is my pick, and no one has talked about him yet, and I'm actually kind of shocked no one picked him out of this group here. Uh, and he's going to be – I can expect him to be giggling, throwing a frog on Bass Live all weekend, and that is Mr. John Cox. Yeah, I don't know how you guys. Nobody picked John Cox out of this group, and Andy, I'm gonna say I'm gonna, I'm gonna make this show interesting. Somebody's gotta talk crap. You're gonna be throwing the lure out this weekend because you didn't pick John Cox. 
<laughs> Bart loves it. He doesn't That's catch fish you. nearly like uh, Andy's standards have. So he doesn't catch yep. much fish. <laughs> you know, what? there is a place that I think I can get a small mouth to eat that lure, and it will be hysterical. So I'll throw it without shame. That's fine. I don't care. So bring it on. <laughs> All right. Well, obviously, I think there's no really big reason behind John Cox for this one besides the fact that it's John Cox. And he catches I think fish. I, okay. Yeah, sorry, sorry, buddy, but you just gotta go. <laughs> We're just gonna leave. <laughs> We're gonna leave him out for now. <laughs> All right. So that kind of wraps up the picks. Uh, that does wrap up the picks. Uh, bucket A is done. Just kind of. So let's. <laughs> I hate you. Let's get into uh, the weights. What do you guys think it's going to take to win? I think this is, this is where it comes down to Adam versus Bart's got to Bart's right. got to stay for last. Oh, That's fine. <laughs> it's not my show. It's not my show, but I don't want him to do it and him have more info on this place than anyone. And then all of our weights are skewed unless everyone's going to stick to their guns. I'll, I got mine. Mine set. Yeah. So. Mine set as well. I won't. All right, Bart. Just let it rip, buddy. I am going first. Yeah, yeah go ahead. First. We're keeping it standard. All right. I'm I'm always a hair high, but. <laughs> The weights, the weights here have been lower than they've been uh, in previous years because they've gotten beaten. But uh, I do think it's going to get one with small mouth, so I think it's going to be a little bit bigger. Um, but I'm going to go with 69.9. Oh, wow. Nice. Nice. <laughs> nice. Back on your usual, man. Yeah, back, back right high. in high. Yeah. <laughs> It's going to take 120 pounds on fork. A little over 17 a day. Hey, 120 on fork is close. I, I yeah. said 120 on a Harris chain. And it was 73 or something. 74. Oh, my God. It's a spawn and them at the Harris chain. I mean, it took 65 for two-day college event. I thought we were going to break, break 100 pounds. Yeah, like it's – in my opinion, it's for sure going to be in the 60s. It's going to be over 15 a day. It's just, is it going to be over 15, 16, or 17? Like, that's going to be it. It ain't going to be bigger than that. <laughs> I'm still trying to fathom Ronnie's comment about the Harris chain. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, the Harris chain is the best lake in Florida this year, and I thought we just hit it at the bad time. Dang. When half yeah. the field's right. fishing one grass flat, that's not good. No. Yeah, this is very true. <laughs> very true. It's a great point. Andy, what do you got? I have sixty three six. Okay, Deacon. Close to Andy there. I got sixty three one. What about you, Ronnie? Sixty five thirteen. All right. Well, I will go a little bit above you guys. I'll go towards Barts here and uh, say sixty seven twelve. That's, That's awesome. that was basically what I was at before I looked at the weather. Let's add two. Get a couple, <laughs> couple more four pounders. So four do pound you? Brown so ones. do you think with sixty nine pounds being the winning weight that are that the person who wins will be the day one leader because they'll have to bust a big bag in the clouds? You think? I mean, they're going to have to. Is it going to be a four yeah, day wire to wire or what? Um. Yeah. Well, That's a good question. It's looking like Friday, Saturday. You'll have clouds. Like Saturday will be cloudy all day. You're gonna have wind, but they don't. It's a river; it doesn't really get bucking that bad, and they don't really care. Um, scattered thunderstorm Sunday, so maybe some clouds. So yeah, the first two days, I think. I mean, you can see a 19, 20 pound bag of smallmouth. 
So we're going to be at 40 pounds the first two days and then 20, 29 the last two days? Like 38, probably. Okay. Well, I mean, there's one pound. Don't, don't be saying, whoa, whoa, like I was egregious. Yeah. Well, that's you got to be like up 40. there a little bit. You're like, on the river. It's like, whoa, like... we'll hold your horses here. Like, don't catch that many four pounders. But um, yeah, I think, I think you could see someone. I don't, you could see a ton of shuffling. But if it is one with smallmouth, you're going to see one or two guys up top for a lot of it. Like, those first couple of days, smallmouth bite should be wicked with the clouds. I always like going high on the waist because I always want to will it to be a, a more fun tournament. Same. That's what I go by. Realistically, it'll probably be around 65. But it's all positive vibes. That's 69. all it is. Yeah. What do you guys think for a big fish? Ooh, good question. What have they been in the past? I haven't really looked. No clue. Bart would probably know our I know, comments. I honestly have to, I have no idea. I I know Ott's when he had a six, but I that's think that's like dude, that's a unicorn. Yeah, I think it's usually like high fours, high isn't it? Like okay. low fives, high fours. It, it'll it'll be over five. Um probably low fives to mid fives, I would guess. Um and that'll be a green there, one. There is a very rogue random chance someone catches a seven pounder in Alaska, but that happens like once a year. But I would say five and a quarter, five and a half. It'll be a green one more than likely. Could be a smallmouth, but more than likely not. Gotcha. There have been this year on the Elite Series, there have, oh, sorry, finish the big bass thing, and then I'll say this and then hop out. Uh, Andy, what do you got? We'll just go around the room quick. Oh, for what I think the big bass yeah, will big be. Fish. Uh I'm gonna go five and five and a quarter ish. Deacon? Yeah, five pounds, eight ounces. Ronnie? Five fourteen. Close. I was gonna say five right twelve. Six. I like it. Nobody over six. Okay. All right, Ronnie, what were you gonna say? I was, was gonna, gonna say really uh um this year, there have been on the elites, there have been two events, uh, the elites and the classic, two events that have been won wire to wire. And that was St. John's and Santee. There have been, there has been one event that has had a different leader every day. That was Chickamauga. There have been three events that have had the winner lead from day two on. You know, it was a different day one leader, but day two on the, and that was Fork, Pickwick, St. Lawrence. And then um, we've had, and then we had two events that had, the winner led two of the four days, and that was Harris Chain, which was day two and day four for Buddy, and then Owahi, which was Felix the last two days. So we've had quite a few lead changes, but um, honestly, if you're not in it somewhere in the top ten after day two, uh, you haven't really you know, been in it to win it, um, it looks like, based on the elite elite year. Well, oh, and the classic involved the classic. Christy was tied for the lead going in the final day. So I'll count that as he led two of the three days. You know, he was hey, co-leader. Ronnie, stat stat idea here. Okay. So in uh, – and this is just my younger brother's an incredible wrestler. And so like 80% of wrestling matches are won by the person who has the first takedown. So I'm, I'd be curious to see like what percentage of Elite Series wins are after a day one lead. You know, how many of that percentage yeah. end up to go win the event. Yeah, that would be uh, this year after the day one leader winning would just be uh, two of them. Gotcha. Yeah, two of them, and that and those were both. Yeah, percentage. Those were both pre-spawn and spawn. 
pre-spawn and spawn. But once we've gotten to once we've gotten to the full summer, which I would say was Fork, Pickwick, St. Lawrence, Oahe, we saw a lot less leader changes because the kind of it, it settled itself out, which is interesting time of year wise. I think this one we're going to have a different leader day one, and then it's going to go follow suit. The guy's going to lead the uh, day two, three, and four are going to be your. You do okay. I, I bet I bet they have a tough Sunday, and I think the winner of this event leads day two and day four, like Harris Chain. I bet mm-hmm. you they have a, a downgrade on day three, and back up on Monday. See, and I was I think they're going to smash them on Friday, Saturday, and then Sunday is going to be a little weird. Or, yeah. Sunday will be a little weird. So we're on the same thought that whoever smashes them will. will yeah, right. Fall a little, yeah. Well, and the thing with the river, it's kind of like Champlain. Like if you're in the top 15 right away, you got a shot. Once you're, it's hard to make up ground mm-hmm. on the river. Yeah. Like there's yeah. just not a lot of like a mega bag on the river fish. realistically is over 18 pounds, um, 18 and a half ish. Like yeah. fighter that one year, he almost beat Ott. Didn't he have like a 19 and a half one day? Just a freak. Yeah, he had a big bag, big bag of smallies. Rig okay. fish. Um, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna hop out of here because I've been bombarding the show for too long. Even if people like me here, I've just been taking up y'all's show. Um, mm. Appreciate y'all. Uh, do y'all play Drain the Lake? Do anybody here play yes. the Drain the Lake? You yes. do. Uh-huh. We need to I have. We need to do that next year and have everybody talk and do it because it's very fun. It's very strategic for high level bass fishing IQs like this. Like we have on this show with explanations, like, like he just catches fish. <laughs> but that kind of with that kind of insight, you got to do a season long deal um, because it's very cool. And like you'll see yourself start getting better. At, like each event, you'll you, if you start slow, you'll start gaining on the mass population. And I moved up after Oahe to seventy fourth in the country or in the world for uh, during the lake. And so it's I'm I'm a little too far away to win overall, but. It's very cool. I think Neil Paul, who is the tourism at Lake Hartwell, is second overall. Oh, let's go. And then uh, Rick Pierce, basket owners, mm-hmm. uh, basket boats owner, uh, his son Dylan is first overall. So it's very cool. Uh, awesome. And it's just something that it's eight guys. Once you pick them once, you can't use them again. So it's strategy. And I'm proud of myself. Just last thing before I leave, being 74th, I put all my teams together in January and haven't touched them. So. I looked at the schedule, time of year, thought about stuff, and really put the team together, and I haven't touched it, and I just log that team each week, and I'm 74th. So it's very cool to challenge yourself. 74? No, it's like out of 30,000 or something. I'm in the 95 95.5 percentile, and I'm 930, so there's there's a lot of people. Yeah, 1,000 people for 5%. There's got to be some kind of – what is that, 20,000 people then? Yeah, for – Drain the lake, and there's 40,000 people for Rapala. So, um, I'm out. Appreciate you guys. Hey, I love David night, Angler's channel. Love Serious Angler. Uh, I will see y'all later. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for coming, Ronnie. Time, Ronnie. So, Bart, oh, I, I was gonna say, I want to have a like a similarity thing here, right? I live on the Niagara River, and when we talk cloudy to sunny, you know, you get that weird transition that Sunday funk because it's gonna be sunny after three days or two days of clouds like that resonates with me because that top water bite here with our super clear water we have will be insane on the cloudy days and then when it goes sunny those smallmouth get so funky they just don't yeah. want to eat and it's like they just disappear yeah so. I, like i said i think friday saturday is going to be you know, see spooks cool stuff like i yeah. i would love to see someone do really well like working a fluke 
you never see it in the elite series. I, I would love to see a guy working a weightless fluke and just smashing them because it's so good for largies and smallies on this river. Wonder how many elite boys we have watching this here tonight that are listening at their tying out a fluke for tomorrow. Yeah. Hey, tie one on. Finger white. <laughs> we could probably say some names into well, the screen. I, I mean, if anyone, <laughs> if anyone watched the uh, Major League Fishing Championship there last year, the Tackle Warehouse Pro Circuit event, like it was <laughs> dominant on current and spooks and good blast. Yeah. Now that Ronnie's not here, we can talk about the no pants situation. Oh, God. <laughs> we have a great comment here, and I wish we had another prize pack to give away because I would totally give it to him. Uh, is Bass going to implement a Matt Robertson rule for the anglers must wear pants at all times? You panned away from that pretty quick, man. Like you had it on live mix, and then you had Dude, it. I don't know. Um... His tushy was on like straight Bass Live for like an hour. <laughs> <laughs> could have sworn. Like it was close enough you could see some brown stains and everything. Uh, but then the camera guy's face, I got like the picture of it, just like cheesing from cheek to cheek. <laughs> he's like, I'm, he's like, I'm so fired. <laughs> Point the camera, man. That's your job. That's right. Job with him. Oh, that's hilarious. Didn't Fighter like bat him to or dare him to do it or something? Yeah, apparently he dared him because he's like, I bet you if you take your pants off, I'll catch a bass. Because he kept breaking fish off, and he takes his pants off five minutes later, Seth catches like a four and a half pounder, and he actually gets it in the boat. He goes, Yeah, you ain't putting your pants on for the rest of the day. (laughs) That's like the most superstitious guy in the world. Oh god. It's hilarious. Well fellas, anything uh anything the folks need to know before we start wrapping up here? Deacon, did you see the trophy? Did I ever send you a picture of the trophy? No. So Which trophy. Our so fantasy fishing trophy. <laughs> I, I swore I sent you a picture of this, but either way. If for folks that weren't on earlier in the show, this is the Oh yeah, dude. I remember this in the beginning. We got drunk with yeah. squad. We got drunk with on to sew the trophy. Uh, this thing's freaking sweet, and as I mentioned before, I can't wait to pay for the shipping to send this out to whichever you guys win. Uh, that's going to be super grand. But uh, I think today was a really good show. A lot of fun. Uh, last event, so it's kind of like a little party. Uh, we will be having a season recap show, obviously, to unveil the winner, have some fun, have some drinks, and uh, give away some more prizes. So, Guys, tonight was awesome. You guys were engaging. It was super cool. A lot of fun. Great, some great, great comments in here. I love, especially the razzing of, of Andy. I always do that every time. Um, it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> somebody's got to take it each episode, right? Like, fine. He's like, fine. Like, I'll whatever. take the penis lure. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. I'll go catch a big smallmouth on it. I think Andy's a little too happy to get that lure. No, I don't want it, but I mean, <laughs> the deed must be done. So <laughs> I'll be a fair sport about it. Done. Oh, that's good. Well, may the best man win next week. Uh, Andy and I will battle it out to whoever is fishing a dick. I think what we need to do, Bailey and Andy, is we need to have you go live for a live stream. Just like chucking that bad boy around. Start start it with him tying it on and just be like, all right, here we go. All right, and Andy, here's here's what we'll do, okay? Whoever loses, the other one will film that person fishing it. Yeah, that's fine. We'll fish it together so it's like, oh, you guys are that's sharing. really weird. Have a good night, folks. We'll see you in the next one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just okay. Never mind. I veto that idea. Sorry, you're on bloody GoPro. That's that's fine. Like, whatever. <laughs> I don't care. All right. So. Well, 
Any of you guys have anything for the folks before we sign off here tonight? No. No? All right. Well, guys, we will uh, we will watch this Mississippi River event and get back to you guys on a season recap show. But as always, appreciate you guys. We'll see you on the next one. Well, that was an awesome show. Hope you guys enjoyed it. If you can and your app allows it, please leave us a rating and review. It really helps us get seen more, which allows us to access more time and more variables to be able to bring to the show to make it better for you guys. So hope you enjoyed it. And if you did and you liked some of the things we talked about in this episode and want to check out our show partners, all of that is in every single show description. You can click down there. It's got all of our discount codes, all of our links to our show partners, where you guys can go and support the people that support this show and help us make this show happen. And of course, this show does not happen without you guys. You guys know we appreciate you. You're the Searsanger fam. You're the reason we're here. Appreciate y'all, and we'll see y'all on the next one.